you say something that's there's going to be a heat wave? Northwest, Pacific Northwest, 90 oh. degrees, which is warm for them uh, in Portland and Seattle. Even in the middle of summer, 90 degree weather, 90 plus degree weather, that's that's uh, unusual. That's very hot. Yeah, and in, especially not, not in mid-May. Not easy to throw a whole salmon around in 90 degree weather. <laughs> What's the name of that place where Pike they place, do that? that the Pike Place, Pike, Pike Place, place Pike, Market. Yeah. Pike, 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 Pike Place, yeah. Yeah. Pike. Place market. If you go on my YouTube page, I have a video posted of them. Oh, you have around a, the you have a YouTube page? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> He's big time. What else is on there? TikTok. Uh, what else is on there? Route 66 stuff is on there. Uh, some sailing stuff. Videos that I've posted. He dances. Are Andy and I on there at all? No. Didn't think so. <laughs> so you think a fish is more important than Andy and me? <laughs> Nice trout. (laughs) (laughs) If you put it that way. Everybody's having a wonderful day today. I'm new to this uh, being an orphan on Mother's Day. Oh, wow. That's... Wow. I know that's... Well, but I mean... But it's true. It's true. I'm I'm an orphan, right? Yeah, but you... When did your mom pass? Oh, my gosh. 16 years ago. Yeah, wow. Quite a while. But I mean, even both parents, I was saying. Yeah. That's what makes you an orphan, is you lose both parents. Right. Right. Uh... So uh, I'm I'm adjusting. What's it been? Two years? Two, uh, well, the, a year and a half. September will be three years. Oh, September will be three years. Actually, yeah. You had such a nice memorial for your mom last oh, year. Thanks. It really was nice. I thank you. Thank you. That was nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, but you know, it's uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that that was part of how I'm feeling. Uh, yeah. You know, for this Mother's I, Day, but I, but it made me so happy. You know, just seeing. Seeing people celebrating together, uh, Gaynor Hall on the TV morning news this morning. Uh, they surprised her with her kids uh, running onto the news set and bring your gifts. And it stopped know. being the news for a while, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was watching a home movie. <laughs> if you watch, if you watch WGN in the morning, often it stops being the news. <laughs> and. Uh, Shwani, you uh, when when did your mom uh, pass away? Mom died in two thousand. Two thousand weekend before Thanksgiving. All right, so it's well, been it's been a, a while. while. This is a cherry note to start. I know, my then. goodness. Talking about well, I'm, this is what I'm dealing with. So well, well there's there's three top, orphans top, here. Top of mind for me. But Andy's mom is yeah, Andy's mom is, here this week. Yeah, yeah. Happy Mother's Day to your mother, Andy. Happy Mother's Day to your mom is. Do you, will uh, you see uh, her, Andy? Do they live yes. around here? No, uh, they're, uh, they, they're they're snowbirds, but they'll be back. Well, take it from somebody. Take it from one of the three orphans here. Look into your mom's eyes as much as you can. Okay. Because you will never see eyes like that by anyone else. Mm-hmm. The love, the unconditional love and support those eyes have, no one else can have for you. So I did that. Soak those eyes in. I did All that right. uh, with my mom. She said, what are you staring at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> And, and who are you? Quit looking, quit looking at me. Like yeah, that. no. I mean, I would freaking give, me out. I would give everything for one more look into my mom's eyes. Uh, Andy's mom is a hoot. 
She's uh, fun, yeah. We spent some time with her at Andy's uh, wedding mm-hmm. ce- oh. celebration. You're both your dad and your mom are. <laughs> yeah, the acorn didn't fall very far from my dad's tree. They did. are complete hoots. Both of them are so hilarious. Yeah, they're fun people. Uh, so happy Mother's Day. What's your mom's first name? Her name's Judy. Judy. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day, Judy. Yeah. And all the moms celebrating today. We uh, hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day today. All you mothers. <laughs> all you mothers out there. <laughs> that was going to be my Schwanee joke. <laughs> Schwanee wearing the uh, the the mask today. The K ninety five. Yeah, that was interesting. Schwanee kicking it old school, wearing the K ninety five. Not that old school. <laughs> yeah. Are you wiping down your groceries again? And <laughs> no, he hasn't opened up his uh, Amazon boxes for three weeks. Only going one way down the grocery store aisles. <laughs> Remember how crazy things were? That was only three years ago. <laughs> I mean, remember that you didn't open up your mail for your box for like two days. No, I no, I, I was wiping everything. down. I know you were. You said I that. was wiping everything down that I brought into the house. Groceries. We what? Oh, we we bought all packages, the Purell and everything. Right? We were always washing. If our you could hand. find it, right? Yeah. Your hand, our hand. I don't know about your hand. My hands got raw, like no. red, because I was. I also was hoarding moisturizer, so. <laughs> course that was and just three remember years we could, like you couldn't find toilet paper or <laughs> right, remember that <laughs> remember the old days <laughs> crazy 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 will you will you do you visit do you, do you have is your mom uh is she buried somewhere or is she she's cremated? In, she's in my uh china cabinet <laughs> right now she's in the break front <laughs> she next to the china she wanted she wanted to be cremated she's next to the wine glasses she, she insisted <laughs> Her her exact words are, I'm not going to waste all that money getting buried. <laughs> so she wanted to be cremated, uh, which is not right. not exactly sanctioned by the Greek Orthodox Church. Oh, is that true? Yeah, it is. So oh. we had to forego a full, 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 full formal Greek funeral. Because of that? Because of that. And she said, I don't, I, the, she said, do you know what? I talk to God every night. I pray every single night before I go to bed. I have a personal relationship with him. I want to be cremated, and that's if you don't do that, I'm going to be really mad. Wow. And so I that's said, surprising. And I said, well, what doesn't make you mad? Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> Continuing just, to, just to poke the bear. <laughs> <laughs> so that's surprising that, I mean, the Catholic Church is even uh, I know. You know, consented to cremation. I know, I know. The Greek Orthodox Church is a little more... You know, orthodox, old school, <laughs> orthodox. Yeah. So she's in my. She's in a beautiful urn. Um, I don't know if you saw it. You, yes. All, yeah. It, all it, you guys were at the memorial, but we yeah. uh, we brought the urn there and her favorite yeah. flowers, calla lilies. We surrounded the the urn with her favorite flowers, and uh, now she <laughs> now she lives now she lives next to my my good China. <laughs> Don't get rid of the break front there. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, which I thought would be creepy in the beginning. At first, I thought, I'm not sure if I want. Now, how did you get? But you I have, like you have, it. You I have li- siblings. How did you get to be the, the holder I, of the urn? Because I have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it wound you up. You don't my share house. it? No. No. no, he's like, no, no it's my mommy. Don't need this. <laughs> that's, not, that's not too far off. Um, yeah. So, what, uh, are your parents? Uh, yeah, I, cemetery, I, 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 yeah, cemetery? I went. I went. I go. I, I visit my parents uh, 
crypt there at the uh, Queen of Angels mm. in Hillside, and I go there every month still. Nice. Yeah, every month I find, a, you know, I don't live too far from there, and I just, sometimes I get out of the car, sometimes I'll just, you know, because they're in a, they're in an outdoor crypt. Yep. So I just do the drive-through, you know. <laughs> get some fries. Yeah, get some fries and a shake and then a, and a quick wave. <laughs> But then, like, like I went yesterday because I was coming here, so I went yesterday, and I, you know, I usually put a card on, you know, for a special occasion, uh, for either of them, if it's their birthday anniversary or something like that, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and things like that. But I do go every, and I actually have a, on their crypt, on the outside, you can do this now. I have their picture. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to at least see them. I, I kind of like that. Uh, I love it. I know this might sound weird, but I, uh, so, I sort of enjoy walking through cemeteries oh I, older I, the better whenever we go on any trip anywhere we always we always find a cemetery older the better through. yeah it's fascinating to, you know when you see the names and the things that people etch on their uh, tombstones have you ever gone to graceland cemetery i have oh it's fantastic i mean yeah. you can you can spend a day yeah. at graceland cemetery right what is on irving and, and clark mm-hmm. some of the the most prominent Chicagoans yep. are there. Yep. Some prominent national people are there. Yep. Roger Ebert's there. Oh, is he there? Roger I mean, you know, Potter, Potter, Potter Palmer and right. Daniel Burnham. Yep. And these amazing monuments that they built. Right. It's, it, it's really a tourist attraction. Right, right. It's, uh, you know, and, you know, there's our cemeteries in the Los Angeles area. Oh, right. Where showbiz people yeah. are buried, which are really cool. Uh, I visited Marilyn Monroe's talking about... Oh, did you go uh, to... For- is it Forest Lawn? Uh, it's not Forest Lawn. Oh, it, no. It's... Um, I forget the name. It's uh, in uh, Westwood. Oh, okay. There's a famous cemetery there in Westwood, and Dean Martin is right... Isn't there her. always a rose on her There's thing? supposedly From the estate of uh, Joe, Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it, it, you know, even like, uh, you know, some of the other cemeteries locally and uh, New Orleans. Uh, oh, gosh, you know, definitely. It's, uh, I know it seems like a weird thing to do when you're no. in, in another city, but uh, it's absolutely, it's, it's very extremely peaceful, by the way. Also, it's meditative. But uh, it's so interesting to yeah. see people's lives. And I love when the pictures are, right. are there. You can see, mm, I wonder what. I wonder what her life was like. I wonder what she did. And I chose an older. I chose. I, I I chose a picture when my parents were older, not younger. A lot of times, people will put their wedding picture, you know. But I was like, I want picture when I go to visit them. I want to see the parents that I saw. I didn't see my mom and dad when they got married or when they were younger. You know what I mean? So I have a picture yeah. when they were a little older, right? Because that's the people that I remember. You know, but some people will have younger, you know, pictures of people, and depending. Yeah. But uh, but no, they did that about four or five years ago, and I and I did it. I jumped right on it, yeah. and it's really nice just to be able to to see them as opposed to just seeing the you know the names right. and stuff like that. Right, right, right. The uh, I love when you post pictures uh, often on Facebook, and there's like little young Jim Toronto. Oh yeah, I did that today. Yeah, I did that today already. My mom holding me up as a little as I must have been, you know, I think it was my christening. Yeah, I have my wow. It's my first dress. <laughs> my mom. I have pictures. My mom. Well, you know, she just don't had blame one. your mother for your weird. She had one, you know, fashion choice. Only child, and it was later in life. Um, but um, she dressed me up like a little girl. I have pictures of me with my hair curled, really, in a dress. It it is hilarious. Hmm. Yeah, the next door neighbor helped her. 
Because <laughs> she's like, what would he look, you know, until, in, before he starts shaving, which was when I was like seven. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's see what's going on. So, really? uh, yeah, so it's interesting. I, I was doing drag long before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> look out, RuPaul. <laughs> right. Well, that explains a lot. It sure, it sure that, does. <laughs> that explains quite a bit. How's Shwani today? Shwani's very quiet. He's always quiet when you know, I come in. I don't think Shwani likes you. No, he doesn't. I have a newsroom to run. Oh, <laughs> yeah, now he has a newsroom. If I wasn't here, he would be laughing hysterically, telling stories. Well, the show is only starting here. This is another three and a half hours. Yeah, listen, and, but, but listen and to and his Honestly, voice. we really haven't done anything funny yet. So. <laughs> no, it's been very somber. <laughs> so far, we've talked Way about our, d- our dead parents. And cemeteries. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. We know how to brighten your day. Here, it's a we? nice cloudy day. And you're, you're... Exactly. Uh, I'm curious about the Schwani uh, YouTube page now. Oh, okay. Just go on YouTube, type in D. Schwan. D. Schwan. And uh, it, uh, you his, should. That's his should rap come up. name. That's his rap <laughs> So, do you have actual videos or, or do yes. you have still pictures? No, th- both, actually. But uh, there's a number of videos from. Do you uh, narrate any of it? Uh, during the video, there is some narration, yes. Oh, wow. Man. Now I don't see it. How many hits do you have? How many views? Not a lot. Not a lot. But I got some nice compliments from some people that did chime in. People I don't know said, hey, I really like this. I enjoy this. Here's one that says, Schwann's A Day in the Life of an RSR, a route sales representative for Schwann's Home Service. Nope. Do you have a little sideline? <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's, That's not, not it. Nope. Schwann's food, order, food delivery order? I saw that one, too. Schwann's food delivery? I think Schwann's got a little pot in a little... Little side hustles going on here, <laughs> or you better do better to have your 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 page higher up on the on the on the search engine. I'm seriously not finding it. <laughs> I'm not just, either. Wait, just the letter D and then Schwan. Uh, should be. Yeah, I'm looking for it myself. <laughs> it may not be here anymore. <laughs> they took it down. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> it was too controversial. <laughs> That Route 66 story you did was very controversial. <laughs> I'll find it here and we'll, uh, we'll find it. We'll find it for you. Turns out you can't get your kicks on Route 66. Dave Schwan. Put Dave Schwan in there. I just found him. He's like Dave Schwan. <laughs> Dave Schwan. Uh, here's Steve Partridge and Dave Schwan do a cover of Bye Bye Love. Is that you? No. Nice. <laughs> no. Shawnee, it should not be this difficult to find I know it shouldn't be I don't know what's going on here Oh, here's one Jack Kerouac's On the Road As read by Dave Schwann Oh, look at you, Mr. Beatnik On the Hammond organ Somebody posted that (laughs) (laughs) When Dean ate supper at my house He already had the parking lot job in New York he leaned over my shoulders as I typed rapidly away and said, Oh, I know how that got posted. Don't wait. Make it fast. As we rode in the bus in the weird phosphorescent void of the Lincoln Tunnel, we leaned on each other with fingers waving. Watch the language here. Watch the language. You're working blue. Oh, it's Jack Kerouac. Yeah, you're <laughs> Watch right. the language. Yeah, you're right. Wow, right. Schwanny sounds like jump and jive there, doesn't he? <laughs> 
There's like a there's like a little glint in his voice. I'll find this Route 66 stuff. Where was that done, though? Where was that carry? Oh, carry I did thing? that like, 30, in Lake Wobegon. 30 years ago. <laughs> just for fun. That was just for fun. Talk about getting kicks on Route 66. That was just for fun. <laughs> yeah, oh, but here's that, your dad. Your dad's on here. Okay, there it is. Yeah. Uh, your dad having a genuine chocolate milkshake. Yep, that's it. You at, found it. At the Bradbury Bishop Deli. In, in Webb City, Missouri. Webb City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is Missouri there. In 2009. Mm-hmm. What's on this? Let's see. No, there's no bad language. You can play that. Your dad doesn't go on a Lee Elia rampage? No. <laughs> what's, what's the big deal about this chocolate shake? It's uh, a real it was chocolate in a, shake. It was in a real uh, soda fountain, old-fashioned soda fountain. Right. And... Uh, so we went in there. It was a um, kind of an institutional stop on 66. Yeah. Unfortunately, I understand it's not there anymore. Oh, that's too bad. It's the real thing. Classic, Dave. There's the real thing for you. There's your dad. There's yeah. Paul, Paul Schwann. Boy, does he look happy getting this chocolate shake. <laughs> he was a very happy man that day, yes. Who wouldn't a, be? Give us a taste test here. All right. <laughs> All right, we better turn that off. Sounds like Gaynor Hall's uh, we better <laughs> Mother's Day thing. Turn that off before the F-bombs start flying in that <laughs> All right, uh, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to do the news. From this scintillating conversation? And then, Shwani, after the news, we'll get to today's far-flung forecast. How does that sound? That's fine. That sounds good to mm-hmm. him. All right, and don't forget, good luck finding the Dave Schwan YouTube page. <laughs> but our friends... Take after compasses and protractors for your old school uh, geographical locators or your uh, modern newfangled devices. Because today we're going to Grafton, West Virginia. Grafton, West Virginia, up in uh, the northern part of the state. It's a beautiful state, too. It was uh, first uh, formed around uh, the 1730s. And a number of people uh, were involved in the Revolutionary War from that area. But we Apparently bring somebody up, named Grafton. Uh, Grafton, yeah, Grafton Junction. Jimmy, Jimmy Grafton. Jimmy Grafton. Let's Skippy. see. Skippy. Skippy Grafton. Was, uh, somebody else, Grafton. Uh, uh, I are. Okay, now you're throwing <laughs> No, I know. He was going for a joke. I was. He was reaching for a joke. He was reaching for the bath towel that wasn't there. But, <laughs> but we bring up Grafton because that is the home of a lady by the name of Anna Jarvis. Oh. Does that name do anything for oh, you? Oh, I dated her in high school. You did? Well, that was a long time ago because no, she... That, I was in high school a long were, time yes, ago. Both of us were. Um, but no, Anna Jarvis decided... Uh, Decided in uh, around 1908 that she would, it would be nice to honor her mother, who was Uh, Anna Jarvis also, who was a caretaker and a nurse for soldiers in the American Civil War and created Mother's Day work clubs to address public health issues. She was uh, one of the uh, people that was instrumental in finding and founding the first Mother's Day at Andrews Methodist Church in Grafton, 
West Virginia, and continue to push for a national holiday honoring our mothers and our grandmothers. And it was uh, during uh, Woodrow Wilson's presidency in 1914, he signed a proclamation designating Mother's Day held on the second Sunday in May as a national holiday to honor mothers. So that's the origin, more or less, of our American celebration of Mother's Day and our salute to all the mothers. It's a pretty much the same type of day in Grafton as it is here, mostly cloudy 63 right now. And coming up in just a moment, we'll get to Dr. Kevin Most. Uh, and Gay Chwani, you were talking about the uh, big breast cancer walk that's going on in the Beverly neighborhood yes. right now. Yes. Uh, we'll get a little update on where we are in the fight against breast cancer from Dr. Kevin Most next. The- 938 on your beautiful Mother's Day morning. And that means it's time for Dr. Kevin Mose, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Dr. Most, my friend, welcome to the program. Very nice to have you on here. Dean, how are you doing? And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there taking some time to listen to you. There you go. And to your mom, who I'm sure you're going to be spending some time with uh, today. Uh, as well. So uh, we wish everyone a very happy Mother's Day. And, you know, could there be a, a happier mom than a healthy mom? Uh, we've talked uh, so many times in the past about uh, breast health and the fight against breast cancer. I don't know how many decades that we have been uh, particularly doing that on this show with our uh, three hour uh, specials uh, that we've been doing that go back. You know what? The first one was in 1996. I happened to run across the tapes. That's how long ago that was. We were still using actual tape to record the shows. Uh, but our, our very first one was called The Silent War, The Fight Against Breast Cancer, 1996. And we've been pretty much been doing them uh, ever since. And what strides, uh, Kevin Wright, that we've made in all of those years in the fight against breast cancer and many other cancers oh. as well? Oh, absolutely. And, and really... Kudos to you because your brain, excuse me, your breast cancer special is really uh, so educational to people. You always have great guests on there. You're always cutting edge. And uh, really just the awareness and impact that your show has made on, on breast cancers, especially in the Chicago area, is, is instrumental to some of the changes that we've seen. So what, what have been some of the major strides, do you think, that there have been? Well, you know, it's interesting, Dean. I think there's there's a wide range of major strides. And when we look at everything from diagnosis all the way to treatment, um, there's been a lot that's happened. Now, this week, something major happened. But when we talk about diagnosis, you know, we used to do mammograms with, you know, flat plates and uh, x-ray equipment. And now we're advanced to MRI. We do 3D. We do three-dimensional um, um, uh, breast cancer screening. So the screening portion of it has really, from a technology point of view, advanced dramatically in the past 10, 15 years. So the uh, the actual imaging itself for a, mama- a mammogram uh, is, is no longer uh, pressed, uh, which was extremely painful uh, and prevented a lot of people uh, from going to get the test because of the pain that was involved. Is that no longer the case, or is it the case with an MRI now that you don't have to do that? Well, yes to yes and no to your questions. Well, we still do compress the breast for our imaging, so certainly it still is a little uncomfortable, but, um, but the technology now 
that can pick it up so much earlier in, in, in uh, earlier stage is so important. And then the MRI as well as ultrasound that we use, those are non-painful tests and often used for follow-up testing. Um, but certainly the advances in mammography from reading the films and getting the quality of the films uh, enhanced has happened so much in the past 10, 15 years. Yeah, survival rates, how, how are we doing with uh, breast cancer? Does that depend on uh, how quickly you discover it? Exactly. But as you would expect, the better we get at identifying early, the better we have for outcomes. So certainly, and that's probably one of the biggest changes, you know, that came out this week where we're going to move that first mammogram from the age of 50 down to the age of 40. And uh, there's many reasons to do that. But one, we know if you can find a breast cancer very early, something as simple as a lumpectomy can be done which will eliminate the needs for chemotherapy for, you know, for massive surgery. Um, and it really just enhances the quality of life as well as the quantity of life the earlier we can capture this, uh, this cancer. Yeah, and actually there was some news this week as well about pancreatic cancer, which is uh, you know, maybe one of the most aggressive or at least least treatable because by the time it's detected, it's generally too late to do anything about it. What was the news uh, regarding diagnoses of pancreatic cancer? Yeah, you know, you touched on it. You know, we don't have a good screening test for pancreatic cancer. And often, you know, the symptoms are just kind of vague and out there, and we really don't even know what to look for to even start to screening. But what we have done, and everyone's been hearing about AI for the past five or six months, well, a study came out from the Veterans Association as well as a group in Belgium that looked at 9 million patient records and 28,000 pancreatic cancer patients were involved in those records. And what they did is they said, hey, if we put an algorithm in place that looks at the symptoms of these individuals as well as many other things, we could identify pancreatic cancer three years before it's identified currently. Wow. That is just that's major groundbreaking yeah. as we start to roll it out, and really it's going to show us the power of AI here. Is it because uh, it doesn't show up on regular scans because the, there's so many organs in the body and it, it's not as fully visible? Is that why you can't see it? Well, Jim, it's interesting. You know, people that let's say you um, you go into the emergency room because you have. X, Y, or Z that has nothing to do with pancreatic cancer, but we decide we're going to do a scan of you. And sometimes we inadvertently find it. We're not looking for that because that's not why we did the test, but we find it. So those people are the people that are lucky. They won the lottery, right? We found it because we were looking for something else, but the radiologist noted that that was present and now it's early enough. Because often by the time you have symptoms, where you're going to have discomfort on the right side, you're going to have yellowing in the eyes. Now that cancer has spread outside the pancreas, often to the liver, to the gallbladder, to those areas, and now it's almost, in some cases, inoperable and really very difficult to treat. I was reading uh, a news story about a uh, vaccine for pancreatic cancer. Uh, It was a, a study that was posted in Nature magazine, in which doctors in the U.S. and Germany used the mRNA vaccine, same vaccine type that was used to combat COVID, 
uh, and they uh, found some positive results uh, in uh, fighting pancreatic cancer. Have you heard anything about that, or is that just way, way oh, in the no, early, I, early stages? Well, it's in the early stages, but it's actually very promising as well. So what happens is when we, when we find we have a diagnosis of cancer, what happens is they'll go in and they'll take a biopsy, they'll take a portion of it out, and then we'll make a vaccine against that specific cancer and give that vaccine back to the person. So now the person's immune system is going to go and look for those cancer cells and attack them. Mm. So mRNA, you know, we're all talking about it with COVID vaccines and how quickly it came up. But I'll tell you, the um, ability to do this on a smaller level where it's going to be specific for the specific cancer you have is going to be fascinating. Think about eliminating the side effects of chemotherapy and using your own body's immune system to fight a cancer and eliminate a cancer, mm. and often one that we can't get radiation to, or the chemotherapy is so toxic that we have to decide if it's really worth it. That's just it, it just amazing to me. Uh, I remember on that very first breast cancer special that we did in 1996, one of my guests on that show was... Uh, News person, newscaster, journalist, Linda Ellerby. Remember Linda Ellerby yeah. from, uh, and she was on NBC. She, was she did that late night uh, yeah. news show. She was great, but also was one of the first people to really go public about breast cancer and full mastectomy. And she talked about that the only treatments there were at that time for breast cancer burn, slash, and poison. Uh, you know, burn it out with radiation, slash it with mastectomy, poison it with chemotherapy. And look look at what Kevin's talking about now, Dr. Most is talking about now, with, uh, you know, fighting cancer cells with your own cancer cells. <laughs> uh, absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, this uh, what the incident, uh, Kevin, that you're talking about, I don't think I've ever told you this, that when I had my thyroid cancer in uh, 2007, it was found by mistake. Just like what you're talking about, where they were looking for something else, and they just happened to find it. Uh, you know how these doctors, when they're giving you physical uh, exams, uh, they'll put the stethoscope on your back and you know tell you to breathe, exhale, exhale. What are you listening for then, exactly, Kevin? Or is that just a joke well, you doctors like to do? AM radio on people. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> See if you get here, John Williams show. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get the the, the the quick joke of the week. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, well, two things, Dean. I, I remember very clearly when you were diagnosed with thyroid cancer because we had many, many conversations right. at that time. You were the first one I went to. I said, I don't even know what a thyroid is. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin walked me through all of this. That's right. Well, and you know, and rightly so. The concerns you had just from the cancer itself, but also. Your voice is how you communicate with people and how you, that's your occupation. And with thyroid cancer, when we remove the thyroid and we do surgery there, there's a nerve that can actually impact the voice. So, you know, we made sure that you got in the right hands with the expert and the right person to do your surgery, which was great. But as far as listening to the lungs, we're not doing that to waste time. We're actually <laughs> like I'm charging them a hundred bucks. Yeah. So I better make it good. Yeah, I, I got to say at least three minutes in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're doing a couple things. One, we're listening obviously to the air, whether it's moving in and moving out, as well as it should from the lungs. We're listening for it, yeah, correct. So we're you're hearing the lungs from the, the from the from the from my back. Absolutely. Wow. Yep. 
So we're listening to your lungs and with air moving in, air moving out, making mm-hmm. sure that every area, we listen at about six different places when we're lifting in the back to make sure that each of the lobes is working appropriately. Now, the funny thing is, you know, you talk about when we put our stethoscope, how about when you put our stethoscope on your neck? You're like, what are you listening to on my neck? Yeah. And actually what we're listening to is the carotid artery there mm-hmm. to see if there's something called a brewery. And a brewery is where there's turbulent flow, which can show blockage in the carotid artery, mm-hmm. which can lead to stroke and can lead to other problems. Mm-hmm. So we're not just wasting time. We're actually doing things when we're listening of to course. the heart. So those things really work things. then? Of course. Those of course. stethoscopes really work. But you know, you, you know, well, that's why they have to wear them around their, their necks like that. It's like Groucho Marx. I just thought they just wore them because they look cool. The, uh, <laughs> my my uh, physician uh, at the time who was doing all of that, and while they were doing that, just rested uh, his hand on my shoulder while he was doing that. And he goes, huh, I feel a little lump right here. That's weird. Let's, uh, well, we should do a little test on that. Completely by mistake. I had no symptoms. And that was the thyroid? I have nothing. I had no clue whatsoever. And that's that, how he found it? That's how he found it. We did some tests, and that's how they found it. Wow. So listen to your doctors uh, <laughs> all the time is the moral to that story. Let me take a quick break, and we'll come back. Your questions for Dr. Kevin Most are next. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, uh, an interview, one-on-one interview, that I did the other day with Michael J. Fox, uh, one of the biggest stars in the world at one time, now probably best known for his uh, dealing with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease and, uh, you know, what kind of effect it had on him in the early stages. And now, 29 years later after his diagnosis, how he is dealing with it today. Uh, We'll share that uh, interview with you Uh, Coming up later on, Kevin, that's probably something we ought to get into uh, one of these Sunday mornings and talk a little bit more about Parkinson's. Uh, But this Michael J. Fox story is uh, it's stunning. It's heartbreaking. Uh, The the courage that this man has uh, in doing, uh, you know, going public with this and uh, the amount of money that he's raised for Parkinson's research is uh, just nothing nothing short of uh, admirable. It's amazing. Uh, question on our uh, text line. Not sure if you're talking about COVID today. We are. Uh, but it says, I've had five vaccines, the last one being in September 2022, which I assume was the bivalent. Uh, do I need a booster now? I'm 71 and in fairly good health. Yep. <laughs> you, you walked right into that question. Absolutely, you do. So right now, what happened just in the past month is we did approve that second booster. And if you remember, we talked that the U.K. and Canada had done this months before us. We had this surplus of vaccine. We know that the the antibodies wane after about six months. So we're wondering, why didn't the CDC and FDA come forward and say it's time for a booster for at least those over the age of 60, over the age of 60? So I would certainly go and get it especially, and it's not like you have to rush out today, but we know that the number of vaccines that are still available that the government has purchased is decreasing. And we're eventually going to get to a point where depending on your insurance is whether or not it's going to be covered. Now, at the age of 70, you're on Medicare, it will be covered. But certainly getting the vaccine right now is very appropriate for you you because you're well beyond the six-month waiting period 
and at your age. So I would strongly recommend it. And did, uh, are we on our own now paying for vaccines and tests and all that? I forget what the exact date was where uh, it was no longer covered. Yeah, the date was Thursday, and so it is no longer covered. But I would tell people there are still tests available. The government has bought um, a series of these. So until those are all distributed, certainly you can still get them. So going on to covidtest.gov, you can order tests right now, the home tests. I would strongly recommend doing it because it's been very clear that insurance companies are no longer going to pay for the home tests, and you'll be buying those from pharmacies instead of having them shipped free to you from the government. So we all paid for them with our taxes, but I would certainly say go because eventually the ones that we've purchased are going to be gone, and it's going to be back on the dollar of the individual. Very good. Great information today. Uh, Kevin, I hope you have a great day today. Again, uh, the greatest gift uh, that you can give to your mom is to make sure that uh, she stays in great health. Uh, and that means, uh, you know, checking with your own physicians and arming yourself with all of the latest information. That's why we're so grateful for Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Kevin, enjoy your day today. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Hey, I thought of uh, something else uh, that we should do, uh, that we can put on our list of things that we want to do, but we'll never get around to doing them. Like several locations of doing the show. Of doing the we'll show. Never- <laughs> kayaking mm-hmm. yeah we're, the bowling we're, alley we were gonna have a sunday morning kayak we were gonna uh, have a big bowling party which i still think would be why couldn't you do the bowling party fun. bowling party That'd would be, be great yeah. yeah that would be hilarious well it would just be you know we got to get all the technical stuff yeah, too come on there's a million bowling alleys now that's it's that's not a, a problem of finding a bowling alley we've had uh, several bowling alleys that mm. uh, that have uh, offered yeah, they said they would. The location. Well, she can do the tree time thing. Why can't you get put a bowling alley? Get Marlene on that. <laughs> Have you met Marlene? <laughs> Jim, Let's go. Jim, this is Marlene. Marlene, Jim. Let's go. Anyway, I thought of a new thing that we can do. And maybe we can do this at um, the next tree time uh, broadcast as well. Uh, I want to start a boy band. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, who are you we going to get? We had that in the <laughs> all works. Of, all of us. I know. I'm just we saying. had that in the works a, a month or so ago. We called ourselves the Three Mopes. Right. Right. <laughs> Sunday Mopes. Yeah. Sunday Mopes. Sunday, Sunday Mopes. Yeah. But uh, you know, this group BTS—they're the hottest thing in the world right now. Uh, you know, you think about like Menudo. You think of In Sync. You think you know. Think of think of the boy bands, new kids on the block. They're they're having a big convention at the uh, Donald D. Stevens Convention hmm. Center. You know, we become super popular. We could have a con- <laughs> convention, our yeah. own convention. Yeah. You might have to uh, redefine boy. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? Well, the great, the great tones. Because some of us are a little long in the tooth. How's the baldo meter doing? <laughs> you know who could be the, the star? Because uh, I don't, I don't think it's uh, Andy uh, Schwani or me or or you. You can be in the band if you. I'd like, love to like play Jim. tambourine. You know who I think would be the star is uh, producer Jack. Oh uh, yeah. Have you heard his voice singing? Well, I've never heard him sing. Oh, voice listen, of an angel. Listen to that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily equate to a singing voice. Are you a singer at all, Jack? No. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a try. Sing happy birthday. 
Happy birthday to you. I'm swooning. Yeah. I'm great. You're not a singer. Yeah. I'm swooning. <laughs> <laughs> can I have your picture so I can put up in my room? Uh, no. <laughs> Tiger Beat magazine? Yeah. <laughs> 60, 16. Uh, I think that would be uh, part of the attraction of this group is that we're, uh, we're five guys. I could see all the choreography. We're a boy band and we sound awful. The choreography. <laughs> And I, I'm assuming none of us can dance either. <laughs> all right, on three, we all sing. We all sing "Happy Birthday." On three, one, two, three. Happy birthday! Wow. You never, you never said what key. So it always, wow. I knew that was going. Whatever happen. key that was, don't do, don't do that again. Happy Mother's Day. We are your Hallmark card aisle of the airwaves. Wow. Here this morning. Hope you're all uh, going to have a wonderful, wonderful Mother's Day. Shwani, favorite TV or film mom? Uh, favorite TV or film mom? Yep. Andy, favorite TV or film Marion Cunningham. Oh, oh happy good days. choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good one. Um, Hmm, I'm going to have, there are a number of them. I know you're thinking, I'm thinking June Cleaver. Uh, <laughs> Donna Reed was a, was a mom. I'm hoping you'll TV think mom. of one uh, from this uh, from this millennium. millennium. Mom's Mabley. Mom's Mabley. Mom's Mabley. I guess Aunt B wouldn't count as a no, mother. No. She's an aunt. She's yeah. a mother yeah. figure. But mother figure, yeah. Hope right. he almost kicked her you out know of the house. Was, you know, you didn't, Hope he didn't like her because she couldn't first throw episode. a ball or catch yeah. a fish. Oh, that first episode. First episode. Poor oh, never fails oh, to oh, make she me. She can't catch a ball or <laughs> catch a fish. Kick her out. <laughs> throw her out into the street. No, but but he comes around at the last minute as she is yeah. leaving. She was leaving. And he yeah. comes racing out of the house and says, Pow. He doesn't say paw. It's pow. Pow. How she needs help? How she can't catch a fish? She can't play baseball. What's she gonna do? She, she's gonna do. She can't be out on her own. And by this time, I'm in tears. Meanwhile, she stuck around through Mayberry or RFD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did. That's yeah. right. Yeah, she was. You know who was? A, she was with Sam Jones out Opie, on the farm. Opie won an Oscar, and Sam Jones. <laughs> <laughs> she's still cleaning Sam Jones' house. Uh, who was a, a TV mom? Uh, although it's not, you know, as prominent as some of the others, was Mary Tyler Moore on Dick Van Dyke. Oh, Richie, yeah, of course, Laura yeah. Petrie. Laura Petrie. Uh, yeah. By the way, there is a documentary that's going to be coming out this week on HBO. I believe it is uh, on the life of Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, really? Different. Uh, I, I saw part of it. Uh, a whole new look into the life of. Uh, she had a tough uh, personal. She life. had a very tough. Life. Yeah, you don't really hear much about very, it. Very, yeah. very, very tough life with health, with marriages, her kids, kids. Yeah, her, uh, the, didn't her kid commit the, suicide? The whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Laura Petrie was a pretty good mom. Mine would have to be uh, Doris Roberts from uh, Everybody Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond because my mom looked like her. Yeah, and in fact. People would even say, you know, when that show was on, it's like, and I sometimes when I watch the show, she'll move a certain way, and I'll be like getting the chills, like yeah. woof, because my mom had that yeah. that helmet hair, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like like she did, uh, and I'm like, oof. One time I actually I, I met her, I interviewed her one day, and I brought my mom's picture, and I said constantly people and she's like oh my gosh we do look 
my my mom thought that she was Doris Roberts. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. She. I mean, she was her favorite. That she loved yeah. that show, but. Yeah. She said, that's me. Everything, and none of you understand me. Everything I do is for love. It's for love of the family. No matter how intrusive I am. Like, oh, she was quoting lines from the show. Uh, And I I, I probably have to go along with that. But I loved loved, uh, Florida from Good Times. Oh, wow. Esther Roll. She was a great, really really fantastic mom character. That's a good one. Uh, Sally Field in... um, Oh. Steel Magnolias. Oh, nice. That scene. And Forrest Gump, too. When, and Forrest Gump, that's right. Yeah. When uh, when her daughter dies in Steel Magnolias, that's one of the most powerful mother scenes ever. Like, how do I go on? What about Shirley MacLaine in uh, Terms of Endearment? Sure. When, she, when she's like, give my daughter the shot! Fantastic. Oh, that scene is unbelievable. And also related to that in that movie, uh, what's her name? Uh, Deborah Winger? Was yeah. that the daughter? Yeah. When she's saying goodbye to her two young boys yeah. and telling them to be nice and right. the oh. little boys are crying. Oh, my God. Uh, that's a fantastic uh, mother-child scene. That movie was so schizophrenic because the first hour and a half is kind of light and funny and ironic. And then that last 20 minutes, you don't even see that coming. Yeah. And it's just like you said, the waterworks. I don't care who you are. Yeah. The, the the drama and the sadness. And Jack Nicholson, who's really just kind of a dope for, for right. the early parts of the movie. Yeah. Kind of a scoundrel, really. Almost, Definitely. Turns out to be one of the oh. most heartwarming uh, scenes ever. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when the death uh, takes place, that's uh, a really. If thing. you've never seen Terms of Endearment, folks, please yeah. now go see that. We've movie. pretty much ruined it for you. <laughs> I know, but now. you got to see it. But it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, somebody texts in Edith Bunker, uh, Edith. one of the great yeah. great mother characters. Absolutely, just one of the great characters of all time. Um, you know, I'll I'll catch a, a rerun every once in a while. And the one where Edith dies, and oh, Archie is left on left by himself holding the that slipper. That is the saddest. He finds the slipper. Oh, he says, I was supposed to go first. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they so, don't play that one very often because it was on Archie Bunker's plate. It's a heartbreaker. Yeah. yeah it's, a heart- it's as cheery as the opening of the, today's show was. I know, Dean. <laughs> Come on! I don't know where that came from. I didn't intend on starting the show with death, but it just happens. Sometimes it just happens. Uh, somebody texting in June Lockhart and Lassie. Oh, and that's a good also, one. And Lost in Space. You, yes. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't really remember her as a terribly memorable mother. If for nothing, little Timmy Martin and Lassie. Nothing personal June Lockhart. Oh, she was a loving mother to little Timmy. Don't remember. I liked. Uh, Maybe I just wasn't in that, you know, into that show enough. I didn't really get into my June Lockhart until <laughs> she was the lady doctor on Petticoat. Oh wow! Yeah, she came after. Uh, she came after the, the original. That's one. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about Seinfeld's mom? She was funny. I liked her. George funny. Costanza's mom. mom. Yeah, yeah. George yeah. Costanza, Estelle Costanza. Estelle, yeah, that's who that, I meant. She that's was who a I fantastic. Meant. Oh yeah, mother. that's who I meant. I'm sorry to say, yeah, yeah. Although she, Liz Sheridan, was good as Seinfeld's mom, but yeah, I mean George's mom, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I was duped. 
<laughs> I walk in and I find my son in an amusement park. Merlot? Did they just invent that? Never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of Merlot. Did they just invent it? Moira Rose on Schitt's Creek. Somebody texted. Oh, wow. That's Catherine that's a, O'Hara's yeah, character at right. Schitt's Creek. <laughs> Uh, the Christmas Story mom. That's a good. That's a good mom. She was a really loving mom. Yeah. Uh, Donna Reed on the Donna Reed show, and it, in it's a wonderful life. She's the mother of George Bailey's oh, children. Oh yes. Are you on the nest, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> George Bailey lasso stork. Lasso stork. Uh, somebody texts in uh, Peggy Bundy. Oh yeah. Oh right. <laughs> Morticia Adams from the Adams family. Well, what about Lily Munster? We can't forget Lily Munster. Lily Munster was a great mom. Yeah. Taking care of Spot under the stairs. <laughs> and Eddie. Little Eddie. Uh, favorite TV mom, Olivia Walton on The Waltons, played by Michael Learnit. That show was hugely popular. My gosh. You, you didn't really like it? You I, hated it? I didn't hate it. I'm just saying it was so popular. That it won every, there was a run there where it won the Emmy every year. And she did too, Michael Learned. Yeah. That's a good show. That's a good show. Uh, Carol Brady. Uh, yeah, you can of see course. that. Mrs. Partridge. Carmela Soprano. Oh, wow. That's an interesting one. It's an interesting choice. I can see that. Debbie Reynolds as the mother for Albert Brooks. Oh, in Mother. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my mom, yeah. Uh, Howard's mom on the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> heard but never seen. Only, only heard, right? Yeah. That was a great character. Um, oh, wow, look at this. 847 says, Terms of endearment, so dumb I hated it. Not one tear was shed for wow. me. Holy cow. Well, Have, are you made of stone? It's the first time I've ever heard that. No kidding. Uh, but, you know, to each his own. Uh, Wilma Flintstone had to put up with Fred, but also took care of Pebbles. Betty took care of Bam Bam. That's, that's right. I would I would argue that Betty had a harder time raising a child. Going Bam 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 Bam. Yeah, bam, the whole bam, house shook. Who had a club? <laughs> walking around with a, walking around with a club. All I the mean, time. Pebbles just sang a few songs, but Bam Bam was making everything. All the stuff was falling out of the shelves. Right. At least they both got their own cereals. Uh, <laughs> right, fruity and cocoa. Yep. Well, hello. <laughs> we won't say which is which. Uh, any votes for Endora? Unbewitched. Oh, Mother-in-laws are moms too. That's true. Although she was Samantha's mom. Hello, dum dum. <laughs> Durwood. <laughs> uh, single mom Alice from the TV show Alice. Ah. Rebecca from This Is Us. I've never seen an episode of This Is Us. No. You haven't seen This Is Us? No. no. Very intriguing show. I only watch Channel 9. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on Channel 9? No. no never mind. Doesn't, no. Doesn't exist in my book then. Uh, lots of good ones here. Lots of. What about Nancy Walker, R- Rhoda Morgenstern's that's mother? That's a great mom. Yeah. That's a fantastic mom character. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is one of my favorites, too. Olympia Dukakis in Moonstruck. Oh, yes. She good in yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Loretta, do you love them? Uh, that's too no. bad. That's too bad. <laughs> that's too bad. <laughs> they'll, kill, they'll break yeah. your heart. <laughs> yeah, Ma, I love yeah, them. Oh, that's, that's too, too bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> The character. Do you love him already? Let's get to some more of these in a minute. Uh, Elton Jim Toronto is here because 
his uh, new play is going to be, it's in previews right now, Yeah, but it's going to be debuting. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Thanks, computer. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, it is 725, and this is Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. So, uh, The Crucible, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, I am uh, currently appearing in previews. We have opening night on... Uh we have a show on Thursday, and then opening that will be on Friday uh, at the, the in- Jeff nominated Jefferson Joseph yes. Jefferson Award nominated. Yes, uh, didn't fam- win. Famous actor uh, Elton Jim Toronto. Yeah, do, do they put that in the playbill? Elton Jim Toronto. I put that down I, in my bio. I do put, and I actually mentioned your name in your bio. Yeah, in the bottom, I oh. said he's also uh, uh, on the, appears on the radio with Dean Richards and oh. on WGN. So yeah, I put uh, and he's known as Elton Jim. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so I put that in there. Very nice. But um, but yeah, this is a, a, a. Has your life changed a lot since your uh, nom- Jeff nomination? Uh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not one inkling. In fact, just more you know more disappointment because I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> it got worse actually. Disappointment and bitterness. <laughs> yeah. Although we did get the we did get the Jeff for best play of the year, which was very nice. Yeah. That's so nice. and there was only four of us in it, so I have to think that I did something good. Yeah, you were at least one quarter responsible yeah. for that. But uh, but no, we actually uh, but the theater itself, uh, the pl- that play itself, we won uh, f- we won four awards. Yeah, really nice and. Uh, yeah. Uh, this uh, crucible just seems like the, a perfect follow-up oh, project. It's it's great. Um, the Invictus Theater is uh, it's a small storefront theater, one of the great storefront theaters in Chicago. It's on Thorndale, it's near uh, uh, Broadway and Hollywood in the Edgewater neighborhood, and uh, it's really made for this play. If you don't know the Crucible, it's uh, it's set in the uh, time of the Salem witch trials in 1692. Arthur Miller, who wrote Death of a Salesman and All My Sons and View from a Bridge, and uh, he was married to Meryl Monroe for a while. We talked about her earlier. But uh, this was not only about the Salem witch trials in 1692, but it was written in 1953 during the height of the uh, the McCarthy uh communism red scare scare, right and so he was equating the fact that in 1692 there was this hysteria of fear of witches how it was taking over the uh the the town of salem and uh, the people were being encouraged to to tell on their friends if they were a witch to save their own uh skins and the same tactics at that time, 260 years later, in, in 1953, were being used for people as Joe McCarthy, the senator from Wisconsin, was trying to weed out supposed communism uh, and communists within the American government. And people's lives were destroyed, blacklisted. They lost their jobs. They lost their families. In many cases, people committed suicide because their lives were decimated because their friends told on them. To save their own skins, if they were involved, if they went to a sure. communist meeting, things course, like that. Yeah. So that's where the um, the, sh- the the show, uh, you know, has its its underbelly. But it now, really... which, which witch do you play? I don't play a witch. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to. Serena, right? <laughs> oh, I loved Serena. I'd be witched. <laughs> she was a little minx, wasn't she? She was a little vixen. Yeah. Uh, no, but I play the judge. I play the uh, Judge Danforth. I, I actually don't even get into the play until the um, uh, after the intermission. But then uh, I'm pretty much uh, on fire, hanging witches, and it's a theocracy. And I believe the devil exists, and I am just pointing and uh, and and accusing. And uh, there, it's it, and what's like I said, what's so great about this play? It's already an intense play. 
and uh, you can't help but get wrapped up in, in 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 the hysteria of it in the small situation of our theater it makes it even more of a crucible Intense, which is yeah, you know because i, I mean and the way the set is you walk once you walk in you walk into these two wooden doors and you are in the courtroom the courtroom wow and you know there's other rooms that take place but it, but you get that sense of it and uh <clears throat> so it's pretty intense and uh there's an, an amazing cast the, the director of it once again is the artistic director Charles Eskenizer who won best director the Jeff award for Virginia Woolf so I'm I'm excited to be working with Charles again I like to think that he's my Martin Scorsese and I'm his Robert De Niro uh, <laughs> I don't know if he feels that way but uh but no I really enjoy working with him and he's really brought in an, an, a, a, some really interesting um, you know, visuals uh, yeah. to to help the audience feel this this tension that goes on. So it'll Salem. be it'll be playing until when we start. Uh, we, uh, we there's previews like I said this uh, Wednesday or Thursday. We open 19th. We go until June 11th. And we actually might um, add some more shows too. But if you want to get tickets, uh, you go to Invictus I N V I C T U S Theater co.com and then just uh slash crucible and it'll take you right to that we've got uh, uh just a, a very talented cast many jeff award nominees and winners in other, the cast other as well. people that haven't won who haven't won and hey who have won yeah other, so, uh, other uh, disappointed bitter uh, actors but i'm very proud of <laughs> part of it all <laughs> very proud of the show and very proud and i'm i'm, I'm excited about my performance very and, good uh, very good and well, so uh, hopefully this time dean might come yeah we'll see I'm <laughs> very, very busy I'm very busy very busy my schedule is filling up like crazy uh coming up after the break our weekend theater segment uh, with a, a special play for uh, for Mother's Day, but uh, for especially for moms called Mother Freakin' Hood. Uh, we've got some of the performers who will be here and to perform for us. And a little bit later on this morning, my one-on-one interview with the amazing Michael J. Fox. That's all coming up. And look at that already. It's 1037. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. We've got the live performance coming up for you. A special uh, show that is perfect for Mother's Day, but uh, really is uh, a perfect uh, show for women any time of the year. We'll get to that in a second. But let me just start off quickly with the Tony Awards, which apparently are not going to happen this year because of the writer's strike. The producers of the Tony Awards went to the Writers Guild of America and they tried to get a waiver from them uh, which would have allowed them to produce the Tony Awards show with writers and uh, the Writers Guild said no way, we're on strike (laughs) and uh, we're not going to do it Uh, so that pretty much put the kibosh on what is, without a doubt, my favorite award show of the year. It's, you know, I always say I watch so you don't have to because most of the award shows are so stupid. Uh, This one is actually entertaining because they give us uh, performances from some of the biggest shows that are on Broadway and some of the top shows that are So they are not, they're going to have the ceremony? They're not even going to have the ceremony? Well, they haven't, they haven't, the, the producers of the Tonys haven't said if, they're going to cancel altogether, which I doubt. Yeah. Or if they're going to wait until the writer's strike uh. is over, possible. They haven't said. Or if they're going to do it the way they did before television was invented, <laughs> right. when they would just go to a ballroom someplace 
Ah. You know, like, uh, uh, you know. The, the Roosevelt Hotel in L.A. when they did the Academy Awards. It yeah, was the, that, yeah. Yeah, well, I was thinking more. Like Sardis, Like maybe? the Robin Hood Inn uh, oh. out in Countryside. Oh, well, oh, wow. The Sabre Room? <laughs> the Sabre Room. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, they'd go to some big, uh, you know, banquet hall, basically. And do the award show as a dinner. Yeah, but you know the, the theater awards. people, they want to... Per- they, they, I mean, to your point, they love the Tony Awards because it is Broadway. It's so entertaining. Yeah, so they're not going to just want to go to a, like some luncheon and have rubber chicken and say, here's the I know. best play. So they're going to wait. I have a feeling that they're going to wait until the strike is over uh, to do this. And, uh, you know, I... I, I felt I feel especially bad because of uh, Sean Hayes, right? Jack from Will and Grace, who is nominated for Best uh, Actor in a Play for his phenomenal performance in Goodnight Oscar, which is wowing them on Broadway right now. And started at the Goodman. Started at the Goodman, but you know, I I, I feel like he's going to win a Tony Award for this amazing performance. And I want it to be on television. I want everyone to see our friend. No, I think they will. Sean Hayes. I think they'll win. Because yeah. it's usually in June. Yeah, June 11th is when it was scheduled. So they, you know, it, it, I'm sure they figured that this strike is not going to end soon. And it takes at least a month to, to put a show like that together. I would think so. Can't you have it without writers, though? Without those bad jokes? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I was coming to the theater today. And yeah, I mean, you know, I just flew in from Los Angeles. You could still have the songs. Boy, are my arms yeah, tired. I mean, you know, uh, I would be perfectly happy with a Tony Awards presentation of where they bring the cast of like Some Like It Hot, which is another of the right. biggest shows on Broadway right now. You bring in, you do your performance of Some Like It Hot. You give out an award. Right. You do your performance from whatever show. You give out an Remember award. Remember they did that with the Oscars during COVID? They Except, had a very streamlined... Here's the thing. The performers probably do not want to break... Oh. They probably want to honor the writer's strike That's and true. probably would not break the picket line. For That's that. true. So... Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll uh, keep you posted on all that. Meantime, we've got plenty of shows here in Chicago. We're not having any problems putting shows on here in Chicago. Uh, and one of them is called Mother Freakin' Hood, which uh, is just opened at the Venus Cabaret Theater at the Mercury Theater on North Southport in Chicago. And it is, uh, as has been uh, described to me, the story of motherhood from uh when you first learn that you are about to become mother and all the way through the the many stages uh, of motherhood from pregnancy tests to empty nests <laughs> one bottle at a time as it says and uh the uh, stars uh, one of the stars of the show is here with us and also the playwright producer St- uh, Sarah Stotts Sarah welcome nice to have you here Hi. with us hello well, I'm honored to be here I <clears throat> love your work I I I love your reviews Aren't you nice I can't believe a, a little girl like me from Ponca City Oklahoma gets a here same on space as Dean Richard, Hi, so thank you for having here us. Here on WGN, that's very nice of you. I appreciate it. And also, uh, Tafadzwa Diener. Did I say it right? Yes, you did. Tafadzwa Diener, who yeah. plays... Diener! 
Diener. Hey, That's Diener. You. Hey, Diener. You guys are meant to be in the same room together. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one of the performers uh, in the show. Sarah, why don't you start off uh, just by uh, explaining what the show is in case I didn't do it properly. At all. You did it great. Um, it is, it's about motherhood. It is, a, it is a celebration of the absurdities that parents go through, really, but we're saying it in the lens of mothers because we're mothers. Um, when uh, you, you dive off this cliff into motherhood, it follows three women in very different stages of mothering. One is a uh, new mother who Tafad plays. Uh, her name is Rachel Nixon. And she's so excited to have a baby. And she's so naive about it. And she really doesn't know what she's going to be getting into. Thus, she's so excited. Yeah, sound, sound familiar to any of you ladies listening uh, out there today? That terrified feeling of, oh my God, what's about to happen to me? Yeah. And she, she expresses that so great in our pr- production number, Babyface, when she's realizing, oh my God, goodness what did i get myself into um and then the second time mother is uh she's angie she's played by um uh, Jacqueline Jones, she's fantastic, and she has everything together. She has planned this pregnancy, and it's going to be a boy because they've already had a girl, and nothing ever goes for her that she hasn't planned. We all know those people. Mm-hmm. We love them. And then our Rachel, uh, excuse me, Marsha is our third time <clears throat> mother. Actually, she's on her fourth kid now. She was not expecting to have another baby. Mm-hmm. She has three teenage daughters, planning on sending them to college, and now has an Ipsy. She's played by Leah Morrow. Oopsie, I've never heard it called that before. Um, we call it a, 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 a happy oopsie. accident. Yeah. I had an oopsie. Oh, surprise. <laughs> Wasn't that a wonderful surprise? And one of her lines is, you know, Jerry told me I was too old to get pregnant again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's, and Leah plays her remarkably well. And so they develop this unlikely friendship in the gynecologist's office when they all find out they're pregnant. <laughs> and they all have these different reactions to it. And they go through this journey of motherhood together and so really at the end and you've covered a lot of musicals so you, so you kind of know how this goes you know we, we thought we were writing a musical about motherhood and in the end we realized we were really writing a musical about friendship mm. And so a, a very smart friend of ours pointed that out when we were doing a performance in our living room for him. <laughs> he was our college roommate, too. It's got to start someplace. He's a college roommate, too. And he said, yeah. you, know, you know, your finale really needs to be about friendship because that's what this is about. And I'm like, ah, I got it. Yeah. And I and wrote the song, and and that's how it is today. Yeah. So. How many songs? Uh, I mean, so it's cut down now to fifteen. In this production, uh, we uh, shaved a couple of songs off, which I think work well for this production. Mm-hmm. Tafats, what would you say? I'd agree. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> she was there. She you was were great uh, at your job. <laughs> yeah. She she had to learn all of them. They were like, oh, forget that. We're not doing these. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's. Yeah, I can't believe how malleable you guys are. I mean, like, like we just rewrite and we're like, okay, learn this now. They're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like I can't even remember what I wrote. Right, right. Um, I'm, I'm always amazed, actually, that uh, how actors, performers, producers, directors, how they can do that. I've I've kind of followed the you know the path of a lot of these shows that come in to do their pre-Broadway runs here, and the show that I saw when they started the pre-Broadway run is different from when they leave here to go to new york and then i'll go see the show in new york and it's almost a completely different show and the actors have told me oh they give us notes every day and songs that we struggled to learn 
to get down, get cut, and they add something else. And oh, you're you're about to do a show tonight. We just added a new song, and uh, now now it's in the show. It's like, how do you do that? How we, do you? Uh, so, Tafazwa, let me ask you. I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> I ask myself that too when I'm lying in bed after a rehearsal. <laughs> no, um, I feel like it's one of the most important things, like as an actor, because I mean, it's live theater. Um, even if the script is the same, the show is never the same every night. And I think that that's what's beautiful about this show is that we have found the fun in the change, in the in the wackiness, in in all of that. And it's really it's really fun to get to do that. Yeah. How does it feel for you to uh, play the the first time mom uh, in the show? Um, it's terrifying sometimes because I'm realizing, oh, this is something I'm likely going to go through at some time. I'm not a mother yet, um, but I'm on stage with two other mothers, and it was so fun in the rehearsal process. Like Sometimes I, I, my water breaks. All our waters break in the show. And I remember one time I was like, oh, am I going to have like actual water on stage? And all the moms, they all started telling me, oh, yeah, your water's going to break. Like, um, get ready. It's a weird color and all this. They thought I was genuinely asking if my water was going to break when I actually have a baby. I was like, oh, no. I mean, I just met the show, but I let yeah, them no, have their there's moment. There's no fluids I was like, on stage. It's so, it's so beautiful. I get so much um, advice all the time but about that, it. That, that sort of underscores what you're talking about, about the friendship, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and the uh, sisterhood. I'm a story about mothers, but it's a story of friendship and the, the sisterhood. How women uh, want to help each other mm-hmm. go through this very difficult time. Well, one of our lines is it takes a village, champagne and friends, and um, it really, and maybe Xanax, um, but it, it does, <laughs> I was saying earlier, I wrote a whole song about Xanax. What <laughs> rhymes with Xanax? Um, oh, Come no, see the if, show if and he, find yeah, out. Oh, there you go. Uh, we don't have to rhyme with Xanax. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you figure that out. Um, but that's what it all, it's, 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 it takes a village, and so it's, it's really fun when we... Um, do these productions and you see your friends and family coming in you're like I, you raised my kids you raised my kids you know we didn't you know we all took care of our kids together right. we don't live in a bubble i mean i'm sure you guys have memories growing up of you know going to your friends houses your mom their moms sure. are there cooking you food and stuff sure. and and uh letting you beat up their couch <laughs> yeah of course of course uh the show is called mother freaking hood uh, and it's at the Venus Cabaret Theater at the Mercury Theater in Chicago. And in just a minute, Defadzwa uh, is going to do a song from the show live for you when we come right back. It would be good in that show. I wouldn't mind doing that. School of Rock. That'd be fun. Yeah. I see you as one of the little kids, though. Right. <laughs> Not the teacher. No. <laughs> I see you as, see you as uh, a little girl dressed in her. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, you're the one that said that your mom dressed you up <laughs> in did. little girl's clothes. I so. should find that picture. I think you get a kick yeah. out of it. Yeah, you can save it. That's okay. <laughs> uh, it is 10.53, and uh, we have uh, with us the uh, playwright, producer of uh, Mother Freakin' Hood, a uh, brand new show that's just opened in Chicago about moms, different stages of motherhood, and also Tafadzwa Diener, who is one of the performers who's going to uh, sing for us in just a little while. Um, 
uh, Sarah, how was this received when it's played in other cities? How was it received there? It's been received so well, not only by women, but by, by men, too. We, we honor the, the, the guys who made us mothers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody can relate to it. We, we, um, we played originally in Lawrence, Kansas, sold out crowds. Kansas City, we got great reviews. Uh, we were um, accepted into the New York Musical Festival um, and got to play in New York. So when you're talking about all the rewrites and changes, I mean, we were writing and cutting and writing and cutting, and they'd show up the next day and have their lines memorized. I mean, it was ins- it was amazing, and we um, so it received really well, got great reviews. We got a nomination for best lyrics, which was cool. And then recently, we just went back to Kansas City. Heidi Van, our amazing and wonderful director, um, <coughs> produced the show, directed the show at her. Um, uh, theater there in the black box got great. great reviews we actually won the regional award for best musical and here we're getting wonderful feedback so great yeah so what uh, song to what are you going to perform for us um i'm going to be singing move the line uh it's uh the act one finale and it's rachel pretty much finally exploding about the pickup line not moving and um yeah, all her anger is coming out. <laughs> the show is called Mother Freakin' Hood through June 11th. The Venus Cabaret Theater uh, at the Mercury on North Southport. Take it away. It's the first day of fourth grade and I kiss my summer goodbye. I've got the school supplies, my kid is immunized. It's time to fly, so we're out the door by 804 on the day but when we get to the drop traffic comes to a stop cause someone's in the way move the line move the line mama ain't got time to be running late molly's ready to roll and my schedule is full come on and move that line move the line move the line mama ain't got time don't hesitate make an exit plan to get them out All that I do while I try not to melt down Remembering clothes in the dryer And Molly's got choir And my husband's coming back in town And now the PTA has the nerve to say They need more volunteers This school must have been built on mommy guilt Am I falling on deaf ears? Mama ain't got time You're sucking up my day I'll be up until two with all this stuff to do And can you move that line? Keep on smiling, entertaining Always moving, entertaining My mommy face, my, my mommy face My, 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 my mommy face My, my mommy face Yeah! Move the line, move the line I'm gonna take my time And enjoy the ride I'm gonna roll real slow Take a breath I'm gonna move that line Very, very nice. Very nice. 
so she had to like other people are coming in and out of that so she had to sing that without <laughs> the other women the other women to, yeah. to do it but i'm going to think of that song every time now i'm driving around <laughs> and you know i'm near a school drop-off zone and that's what i'm saying while i'm in my car <laughs> come on move the line let's get going let's get moving here so, it's, it's it's incredible the reactions we get to that song it is a point of contention in every school district <laughs> Oh, of course. <laughs> Tafadzwa, great job. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful Thank you. voice, really oh, nice. Uh, Tafadzwa Diener and a playwright, producer, Sarah Stotts. The show is Mother Freakin' Hood through June 11th at the Venus Cabaret Theater, the Mercury, 3745 North Southport. You can get tickets at Mercury Theater Chicago dot com or by uh well no that's uh that's at our good. website motherfreakinghood.com okay. you can get them there it's there a great go. mother's day present even if you can get tickets today or heck you could get her the tickets not for today but right. for a future right. show there you go we would love that is there a show today there is a show today three three o'clock matinee on sundays and saturdays and then night shows tuesdays wednesdays excuse me thursdays fridays and saturdays there you go yeah. all right well thank you for coming in thank i you. really appreciate Appreciate it. And Tafadzwa, great job. Thank, Thank you, you so much for the singing at this hour of the day. <laughs> it is uh, 10.58. Shwana, <laughs> you may have noticed that I'm a little, uh, I sound a little stressed today. A little. Uh, I have noticed A little that. off today. Mm-hmm. Oh, you feel you're off today? I do. Oh, Because I'm concerned about that gigantic turtle that they found. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I'm worried about the, uh, what are they calling it? The, the car, yeah, they gave it some weird name. Ch- uh, chonk something or yeah. Chonkasaurus. Chonkasaurus. Yeah. yeah. I don't, what, what does that mean? Have you ever seen such a no? That is like unbelievable. That? Well, those things live to be a hundred. And right. where exactly was that found? Uh, you it know, looks he was, like it was. It's on the Chicago River, but I don't know where. It was sitting on a pile of rocks or yeah. chains or yeah, something. Yeah, right. A big close to the shoreline with a bunch of giant chains around a stone. There. I don't, but I don't know where it was. I could just see some, like some tourists that you know come down. Let's go have a picnic, and, there's and then some <laughs> giant turtle eats them, <laughs> and that's how it got. It really looks. Well, turtles monster. love to sun. That's do, and that's what they were doing. Yeah, they, they love to go out just hanging out there in the sun. Yeah, we go to like the Morton Arboretum, and they have this nice little lake, Lake Marmo, there. And you look out on the rocks, or even near the shore, if you go yeah. there early in the morning, and all the turtles are just sitting are sitting in there, the sun? totally sunning. It's the coolest thing you've ever seen. They're on logs, they're on rocks, anywhere in the in the sun. In I've the just sun. never seen a turtle that looks like he has a size three shell. <laughs> But really, it's like a double XL. <laughs> well, he had a muffin top. If you look at it, he was coming out of his oh, shell. Man, that was, uh, that was he was really pouring was out giant. from under the shell. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I never saw that before. Well, he lives in Chicago. You know, pizza, hot dogs, roast beef. <laughs> that, I'm I sure. Mean. I'm sure he wished he had been able to eat some of those things in the river. I'm pretty sure it was more like porta potties. <laughs> Picnic tables, bodies, dead <laughs> politicians from the 1950s. <laughs> hey, turtle, gonna be okay, Uncle Schwanny? <laughs> Let's talk about the giant turtle in the river. There's a turtle. I go, Tommy. Somebody texted in. It was the North Branch of the Chicago River. North Branch, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can see on Chwani's YouTube page. <laughs> it's one of the, 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 I think that one has 14 views. <laughs> wow. 
I'll tell you, that would have made a nice video when we did the... Uh, the uh, two years ago, we did the uh, architecture tour, right? All up and down uh, oh, the North Ranch there, and yeah. it would perfect video for that. That's another show that I would like to do, by the way, sometime. Hmm. Oh, I'd like to take on the, the boat, take oh, the on show the boat, on a boat. That would be wonderful. Do the entire show from a boat, uh, and do the tour, and uh, at some point, we'll sacrifice one of the listeners to the giant turtle. Oh, t- <laughs> Nice. <laughs> well, that turtle's probably going to become a stop now on the architectural tour. Of course. They're probably going to go off the... This uh, replaces uh, the Chance the Snapper <laughs> the, that was... Uh, yeah, the yeah. alligator that the was alligator. in Humboldt Park yeah. in the, in the uh, lagoon Lagoon's there. Yeah. A couple of years ago. All right, that's all your turtle news. Dusting off all the songs that contain the word mom or mother in them today. What year would you think this would be? Shawnee would know this. In his vast knowledge of this song? All, all things ancient. This is probably 68 or 69. I think this was on the soundtrack to uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, let's see if it says here. Uh, oh, from their 1967 EP and LP oh. Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Very nice. I like this one. And happy Mother's Day. We uh, forgot Sophia Petrillo as a great mother from Golden Girls. Oh, don't even get me started on the Golden Girls. Picture it. Sicily. 1939. <laughs> Pussycat. I want somebody to call me. I want somebody to call me Pussycat. Pussycat. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you have. I don't think, I'm pretty sure I haven't. <laughs> Seems like that would be something that I would remember. <laughs> Talking about names, though, uh, the Social Security Administration, because I like to follow everything that they do. Huh? Uh, it's becoming more and more important to me <laughs> as I get older. Uh, they released the 20 most popular baby names of uh, last year. Uh, Andy, what would you think? You're you're more attuned. Your your friends are probably yeah having kids, having kids and, and stuff, stuff now. Yeah. Are you hearing or seeing names popping the- up? Uh, there's always some uh, some different ones. I mean, like Liam is usually a, a big one. The number one baby boy name from last year, Liam. 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 Okay. That was number one. Liam. There's a Liam. lot of Liams out there. Yeah, a lot of Irish kind of names. Yeah. Landon is a big name now. Not on the list. I'm just saying. <laughs> you don't have to get defensive. About no, it. I'm just. Well, you, yeah. um, well, you know, traditional names are coming back. Some of those, like like Mildreds and Agnes's, are coming back. None of those are on the list. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> perhaps there's many many Shelbys. Then I don't know. I would like to see uh, people start to name their baby boys as a first name. Schwanny. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people actually think that's my real first name. <laughs> so. Uh, the number two baby boy name is Noah. Hmm. Yeah, I know a Noah. Yeah. I know a Noah. Uh, Oliver is number three. Yes. I know several people. I several, sure. Yeah. Several Oliver. Olivers. Yep. Name their yep. kids uh, Oliver. Yep. Uh, it's it's not on this list, but you know another name that I'll bet I know four or five people who named their kids, other uh, boys, uh, Leonardo. Hmm. Oh. Isn't that unusual? Yeah, Leo. Leo. Yeah. Leo. Yeah. Uh, James. 
is uh, the number four name. Yeah, that's coming back. That was gone for a while, but that one's coming back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're James. That's why I use that as when, in my in when I write and in in, in the theater in the my program. I James go as, I go as James Toronto. Oh. Yeah. It's very pretentious. I would pay money if to have Dean on any of these lists. I have. I think I have like. Uh, damaged as a child that my name would never show up <laughs> unless like this when you go to the stores where you could buy yeah, you said you couldn't get a license plate a little or... souvenir license plates with your name on them you never ever saw a dean a keychain really never i would think that that was fairly never no although who is a real i mean besides from you are dean martin well dino right yeah that wasn't really his name though he used it but his real name was Dino, and then there was Dean Jagger was an actor. Yeah. But there's really not a lot of Deans. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I'm just saying, right? Well, what yeah. about Dean Martin? That's what we just said. Yeah. Swanee, yeah. the show's on WGN <laughs> 720 if you want to listen. I have a newsroom to run. He's, he's busy listening to Jane Pauley right now. Swanee <laughs> likes to watch Jane Pauley during the show. <laughs> he just said, what about Edith Bunker? <laughs> that was from 20 minutes ago <laughs> uh the uh, number one uh andy what's your guess the number one baby girl name madison oh i know what it is not on the list mm. not on the list <laughs> madison didn't, is didn't not on make the list. the list what's your guess uh elton oh uh number one girl's name i would say uh i would say susan mm, not on the list not on the list okay mr smarty pants i know what it is Olivia. Olivia. It's really? A, it's Olivia. Mm-hmm. Olivia. Hmm. Yeah. We had the story yesterday. Oh. oh really? Well, that's not oh. fair. <laughs> I mean, my God. What, so what are the girls' names then? Olivia's number one. Emma is number see, two. See these traditional names. Charlotte hmm. is Prince, number three. Princess Charlotte. Amelia is number four. And see. Sophia. Oh, Sophia. Sophia's number five. Picture it. Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see. Uh, I know a Sophia. I know. I do know some. I know. I know someone has all of those names. All five of them. Yeah, I know different people. That oh, have different all, people. Yeah, not one person that has five <laughs> names. I didn't know. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. I like to see some of the old school names come back. I like to see Elsa. El, oh, like Elsa Lanchester. I like to see Elsa come back. I like to see uh, Agnes. Ag- I do hear. I, I like, to, like to see a resurgence of Agnes's. How about a, Myrtle? Myrtle. Myrtle would, be nice. That's Mildred? an old school name. Mildred. And you know what I'm thinking of when I th- when I'm thinking of these old school names? I'm thinking, what were the first names of my grade school teachers? Because they oh, all had yeah. those names. Yeah. I had my third grade teacher was Gladys. Gladys is one Gladys. definitely. Yep. I had a Dolores second my second grade teacher. Yeah. Somebody fourth uh, grade teacher was Mary. As I recall, I had uh, fourth grade was Ruth for me. Ruth's kind of Ruth is a is a is a traditional name. Yeah, it's kind of an old school name. Uh, somebody texted in Dean. How could you feel bad about your name? You had a whole line of dairy products named after you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> True. <laughs> is Dean's still around? I don't know. I've seen uh, Dean's trucks. Okay. Yeah, dairy trucks. No, yeah. it's my side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> uh someone said they would like to uh see the name hazel come back hi mr b 
Shirley Booth. Shirley's not a bit. Hazel. Hazel. That's a fantastic name. Oh, and somebody else said my niece just named her daughter Hazel. Oh, that's oh, cool. Very nice. You have uh, to have the right last name for those, for some of those names, too, though, you know? You know, Hazel Blank. Uh, somebody said that the name Elsa might be coming back because it's the name of the main character in the Disney movie Frozen. Yep. Well, that's true. Oh. That's very true. On the show Blacklist with James Spader, there's a a young girl's uh, character whose name is Agnes. Uh, 847 area code says, my mom was born in 1913 and her name was Myrtle Agnes. Oh, there you go. Myrtle Agnes. Myrtle a Agnes. Double, double, daily double there. That's a good one. I had a great Aunt Emma, and my mother's uh, mother's name, uh, my grandmother, was Clara. Hmm. Oh, Clara's Clara. name. Clara. Clara, like Clara from Mayberry. Aunt yeah, B, Aunt Clara B's, Edwards, right. Aunt B's nemesis. That's right. Yeah, it's Clara uh, Edwards. I hated her. And she started as Clara Johnson, actually. They, 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 they kept had like two name. or three different names. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hated Clara. She was, why was, why was she and Aunt B, why were they friends? They were always competing. She was a nasty lady. <laughs> yeah. Busybody. Oh, defined busybody. Oh, she's always, you know, talking about, you know, she, there's a couple of episodes where she's totally intruding on Andy's life. Right. It's terrible. Well, in the, it, you know, Andy Griffith's show is one of the most beloved shows there is, but I've said before that I have a problem with that Andy lies <laughs> all the time on that show. <laughs> He is lying to everybody. Yeah, uh, you know, white white lies to you know try to make the situation better. But it, you know, could there be a bigger liar on that show than? <laughs> I'm surprised Opie turned out as well as he did. Well, we don't know what really happened to him though. Well, he won an Academy Award. Yeah, well. Became a a director. The actress who played Clara was later in Rosemary's Baby. Oh wow! In the Coven. She was like that's in the good, desert. That's the a good devil, place for her. The devil worshiper, yeah. That's a good place. Hope for Summers. Hope Summers, yes. yeah. She was in a MASH episode, too. Yeah. Uh, 309 area code. My grandmother and wife's name were Flora. Hmm. Florence isn't a bad name. Florence. No, Flora. Flora. I don't Flora. Say. Flora. Like, yeah, Florence Henderson earlier. You know what? I like uh, Flora Bell. Flora Bell. Who is Flora Bell? Schwani, what you would. Was that one of the Three Stooges? One of the cartoon? Yeah, one of the girlfriends. One of the, <laughs> right? Was she the one? That said, Let's go places the and neat eat things. things. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Curly's girlfriend, Florabelle. I'm Dorabelle. No, and then there was then there was Maggie, Aggie, and Baggy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're idiots. <laughs> I'm Maggie. Baggy. I'm Maggie. I'm Baggy. <laughs> Classic shows. Uh, the eight one five area code says my grandmother's name was Evangeline. That's mm. a beautiful name. Nice. My mother's uh, name was Angeline. Called her Anne, but that was her real name. Well, her real name in Greek was Angilikula. Oof. Angilikula. So it was translated would be Angeline, but everybody called her Kula. My my mom's my mom was born here, but she was Polish and her I found out once again right around when I had to when she was sick and I was going through a lot of her stuff. On her birth certificate, her name is a Polish name called Wadisława. 
Wow. I couldn't even. There's so many consonants. I couldn't even pronounce it. I had to ask a Polish woman. That's a beautiful name, though. Wadisława. Wow. Yeah. And then, but then she went as Lorraine. I don't know if that. What? Yeah. I don't know if that translates or she just picked it, but I, I don't think she wanted to go as Wadisława. Mm. You know, in you know, especially at that time when you're trying to you're acclimate. trying to be American, right? yeah. But well, I saw that. I was like, it's with a W. I was like, whoa, what a swab! I love that. Yeah, that's a fantastic name. And then her last name, her maiden name, was Kilbasa. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> My dad used to call her Lori Sausage. <laughs> what a suava! What a suava! Kilbasa! Wow! Yeah, little wallet, what a little wadi dressing up her little son as a little girl. <laughs> right, is what we learned. That's my takeaway on today's show. Oh, is it? Jim, Tim gave us the story of how his mom used to dress him up as a little girl. <laughs> she wanted a girl. Uh, she got a hairy little boy. Wow! Look at this. Um, boy, the phone line's exploding on this. Uh, my mom's name is Carly. That's a pretty name. Oh, like Carly Simon. Carly. Spelled yeah. differently, but the same. Yeah. Uh, my three-year-old granddaughter's name is Lorelei. That's, oh. that's kind of beautiful. Let's live together. Uh, 281, Julia Roberts' children are named Hazel and Phineas. Yeah. I love that. Fiona is a name I've been hearing a lot, too. Yeah. Fiona. Here's one. Uh, my grandmother's names were Beulah and Gazelle. Beulah. That's cool. Beulah. What was the actress from uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Beulah Bondi. Beulah Bondi. Beulah Bondi. Bondi. She played Jimmy Stewart's mother. Yeah. Mrs. Bailey. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I'll just add, this has nothing to do with the conversation. 773. uh, (laughs) I love you guys. I listen every Sunday morning. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Just throw that in there. I just want to throw a compliment. I just want to throw a compliment in. <laughs> uh, my grandma, uh, my granddaughter's name is Millie. Oh, nice. After the last female born in her family, Mildred. Mildred, right. Mildred's a good name. I have a friend whose uh, one-year-old granddaughter is named Story. Story? Apparently, the friend is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Doesn't it? Her, Apple. Her kids got, yeah. like, Apple. crazy showbiz names. Yeah. Estelle Hermione. Mabel. Oh, Mabel. Mabel. Here's one. My mom is Ethel. My grandmother is Mabel. Ethel. Love, I love that. And here's another one. Interesting. 815. I know three friends who each have grandchildren named Dean. Oh, there you go. Look at They might have to start making those license plates and those keychains. It's too late for me. (laughs) Well, you can still get one. The only license plates that I'll get are the ones that I make when they finally throw me in jail. uh, They're all younger than 19. It's a resurgence of the name. Wow. I think to have a resurgence, you have to have a Is your real name Dean? Yes. I mean, that is on your birth certificate. On my birth certificate. And where did that... Why? why? Was there a, a Dean? I mean... No. It just seems like a... They just liked it. Yeah. yeah. They just liked it. The, my, my middle name, legal middle name is Patrick. Wow. Which is weird, considering my ethnic background. Right. Dean Patrick. And I asked my parents uh, why they chose that. And they said, well, we thought you were going to be born on St. Patrick's Day. 
You were originally supposed to be born on St. Patrick's Day. I came two weeks after that. They had two weeks to think of a different name. I just throw Patrick. It's like, yeah, that's good enough. I don't think people thought about it that much. That's the problem when you're the youngest child. At some point, at that point, they don't care anymore. (laughs) They ran out of names. Yeah, give them some cigarettes. It's okay. (laughs) There is uh, Ralph Cramden, (laughs) the honeymooners with Alice's mom. Uh, just give the, one of the great oh, uh, characters of all time. She was so so mean. <laughs> Fantastic, good stuff. He walks in one time with a suitcase. She goes, "What is that? Your new lunchbox?" <laughs> <laughs> and then that the uh, episode where uh, Ralph finds all the money on the bus and she yeah, shows yeah. up, Sunny Boy, Sunny Boy. Oh, you you heard I got the money, huh? <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Uh, it's eleven forty. This is Dean Richards coming up uh, just after twelve o'clock. Our uh, one-on-one interview with Michael J. Fox. A brand new documentary on his career and his life and how he is dealing with uh, Parkinson's disease. Now the movie is streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. It's also at the Gene Siskel Film Center if you want to see it uh, in a conventional theater. It's a powerful documentary, uh, really very moving, heartbreaking at times. Uh, when you see the highs that, uh, you know, where his career took him, with Back to the Future and uh, all the film projects that he was involved in, the TV show Family Ties, uh, and then at the age of 29, diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and uh, you know how how he dealt with it at the time, and how he is dealing with it now. Uh, it's it's a powerful interview that we'll play the whole interview for you today, and tomorrow uh, on the WGN TV Morning News. I'm going to show some snippets of the uh, interview uh, so you can see his physical condition right now. Was it tough? To- it was tough. It was a tough interview to do uh, because his tremors, uh, because of Parkinson's disease, are uh, very pronounced. Uh, and to, you, you just you, you just want to try to help him. Can you understand him? Like when he's answering? You'll, you'll hear in the interview in a yeah. minute. Uh, it's a little bit tough to understand him. Yeah. Uh, because his, uh, along with his physical tremors of his arms and his body, his his voice is also very shaky. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can understand. I think you can make out what he's saying. So we'll get to that uh, coming up in just a little while. But you know, think about that. He was like the A list of A listers. Oh, his. I mean, when he exploded between. Think about it. He had Family Ties and Back to the Future at the same time. Yeah. Number one film, number one show, yeah. and then you know, then he and even when he was diagnosed, he had another comeback then with Spin City, Spin City, right, which was a, was a popular show as well. Yeah, where he talks talks a little bit in the interview about you know trying to hide his tremors when he was doing Spin City that they would shoot the show, uh, you know, to not feature his hand movements. Uh, or you know they would shoot it so he was behind a chair or something so you couldn't see yeah. uh, what was going on and he said that you know at some point it was too difficult to live this life of deception and he became really the first to, to come out and say I have Parkinson's disease and to p- put a public face on it. Um, I always thought that his career would have developed where he would have become a, a serious actor, you know, like a lot of comedians or, or comic actors do. And I think he would have won an Academy Award 
somewhere down the line if he had not had that disease yeah. and allowed to continue. I think he would have been moving in On that his direction. Trajectory. I, like Tom Hanks. I agree. I, I agree. He would have definitely gone in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I was watching part of the in the documentary. They show a clip of when he won the Emmy Award for uh, Family Ties, and he gets up on the stage and is he's so excited. He goes, "Oh, this is great! This is." He said, "I feel four feet tall because <laughs> he was a yeah not a not a tall man yeah." Uh, but uh, it was an honor to speak to him. You think you have problems in your life, you you know, whatever little things that are going on in your life that you think are insurmountable and that you can't deal with it. After I watched this movie, you know, I, I came out feeling there's not one thing in the world that I can complain about. This guy is living his life like this uh, and dealing with whatever comes along in a forthright, honest, um, I, I think a very healthy way. He makes fun of it. Uh, he, uh, you know, jokes about it. He was on a version. He was on an episode a few years ago on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, and basically they were making. He was making fun. The whole episode was about him and his Parkinson's. Yeah, and how it was making noise. Yeah, I mean, he was making fun of it. I think. I think in a way that's kind of helpful. Yeah, uh, don't you? I mean, when you, when you've got something like that, you can sit and and mope, and. Uh, you know, give yourself a pity party, or you can say, "This is what it is. I'm dealing with it, uh, and I'm going to move on." And, and he uh, demystified it. He by by coming out and you know making it public, he made it easier with other people for other people who have Parkinson's disease to not feel shame about uh, having the disease or having tremors. Uh, he just you know very openly he's doing. You know, coming on TV shows like ours and, uh, you know, talking about this. And he doesn't care about the tremors. Well, the key thing that he has said, too, in, in, as he's been publicizing this, is that you don't die from Parkinson's. You die with Parkinson's in that he said over the last year or so, he's had more ailments and, and infirmities, not because of Parkinson's, but because of Parkinson's, he's fallen. He's broken his shoulder a couple of right, times. He broke right. his wrist. He's hit his head because you don't realize those tremors can be those so tremors are violent right. and they're so unpredictable. There's a scene I've seen where he's walking down the street and just violently falls because he it just it takes over right well i can't recommend this movie enough i i gave it a dean's list a plus wow i i I really loved it uh for uh, the 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 depth of it the gravity of it of uh, dealing with a very serious subject in a very open and honest way but i also liked his lightheartedness uh about it and humanizing it he humanized the disease, really. Wow. I, I, you know, people said, "Oh, this is what Michael J. Fox had." I can, this is look how look what he's doing. Maybe I can do that. And too. now you hear, uh, you know, Neil Diamond recently yeah. said it. Now Richard Lewis recently announced he has Parkinson's. Right, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So anyway, we'll get to our uh, interview with Michael J. Fox in uh, just a bit. Um, Elton Jim Toronto, El- uh, Thespian and Jeff nominated actor. Jake. I didn't want to say anything, but when you introduced me off the air, uh, when the uh, you know when the two people from the theater came in, you didn't really. 
that I out. said that you were Jeff. You didn't. I didn't say you were no, Je- Jeff. You just nom- said I was in a play, but you didn't say that I was Jeff nominated. Well, I, I just wanted to point. I didn't want out. to throw it in their faces. That why? <laughs> <laughs> do you do that now when you meet people? No, but that's the new line. My first line of my bio. <laughs> in, in the program <laughs> he just walks around to people he doesn't know on the hi, street hi jeff nominated i'm jeff nominated james toronto actor <laughs> currently starring in the crucible at the invictus theater company uh yeah, yeah jim is uh starting in a new production which is in previews now uh we'll talk about that when we come right back i'm playing this so later on when uh you celebrate mother's day in your houses today just quote lines from this song and uh, you will come off as being the most romantic person uh, ever. Uh, just steal lines from Paul McCartney. It can, really, it can be uh, any uh, Paul McCartney uh, or and uh, Beatles song and uh, it'll work uh, just perfectly. You know, you, you walk up to your uh, you know, your wife, uh, mother of your kids, and go, Yesterday <laughs> Love was such an easy game to play She won't even recognize that it was a song. <laughs> She'll just go, Oh, you're so romantic. Yeah, if you don't sing it, in, if you don't sing it with the with tune, it's just a nice little, yeah. it's a nice uh, little phrase. Yeah, honey, um, you know what? Yesterday... All my troubles seem so far away. Listen to what the man said. (laughs) We're going to get high, high, high. For a band on the run. (laughs) Oh, you're so romantic. You know, honey, live and let die. (laughs) Well, most any. Paul McCartney. You know, Dean, you'd think that people would have had enough of silly love songs. (laughs) But I look around me and I I see it isn't so. so, Oh, no. Uh, 1152, uh, I want to break the bad news to the audience slowly. Uh-oh. Uh, Elton Jim Toronto has to leave at 12 o'clock. No, I don't. Really? I could stay if you want me to. You can. Yeah. You're welcome to. Yeah. I don't have to leave. I thought you had to go to a performance. No, I, uh, uh, because it's, uh... I was hoping you had to go to a performance. <laughs> no, I mean, if you want me to, I'll leave. Half to, according to half the people on the text line, they were hoping you had to leave at 12. Oh, my usual fans came out, huh? <laughs> you're, well, you're welcome to stay. Yeah, I can stay. Okay. I have time. Uh, well, never mind then. Yeah. Now the, now, now, the, now, the, now the bad news. Now the good news. <laughs> <laughs> that was the... <laughs> well, now we have to reconstruct oh, the whole rest of the show. Damn. Uh... Tell me about uh, the Crucible. Oh, okay. The play in which you are starring. Yeah, co-starring. Now that's what this is. What I was uh, see. This is. I thought you were leaving at twelve, so no. I'd leave you a few minutes here to talk about the show that you're starring in. Yeah. Uh, carrying the rest of the cast. Oh, no, no, don't say that because uh, this is a big. There's nineteen people. Wow. There are nineteen people. That's a big show in this cast. With the you know the great thing about the Crucible. Which uh, was written by Arthur Miller, and most people will maybe n- have never uh, seen it on stage, but you most likely read it in high school or seen it in a high school production because it's great for theater participation. You got nineteen people in a play, so if you're if you're a theater director in high school, you say let's do the Crucible because I can get like nineteen a kids, lot of, a lot of people, a lot involved. of cat, and there's and there's equally um, equal part male roles as well as female roles. Um, but as I said, what I'm excited about this production, which is uh, 
Now in previews, we open uh, this, uh, this Friday, and we run through June 11th at the Invictus Theater in the Edgewood, Edgewater uh, neighborhood of Chicago. Uh, but what's so exciting about it is there really, we have, there's a girl who's in high school who is in this play, and then there are people in their 60s and 70s. So mm. it, it runs, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the gamut of, uh, of experience. As I said before, uh, in, not in a joking manner, uh, really, I, I was, I'm very uh, excited, and, and it makes me raise my game up. A very lot, a lot of talented people here uh, who have won Jeff Awards, who, who have been nominated for Jeff Awards. So, um, and there's a great intensity, as I said, this play is intense, this witch hunt. And uh, I mean, I, th- this play was written like, you know, 70 years ago this year. And I've got a line that it's so resonating today. One of my lines is, you must understand, sir, that a person is either with this court or he must be counted against it. There wow. is no road between. Wow. You know, I mean, that is right today. Yeah. That comes right out of today's lines. And uh, so this play, even though it was written so many years ago, uh, still resonates. And, you know, it's all about the Salem witch hunts. And, and in the last couple of months, I've seen that term and heard that term used. When Donald Trump was uh, indicted in New York, he went to a rally, and behind him, his, his supporters had signs that said, witch hunt. Now George Santos, uh, you know, the representative from New York, yep. he was just indicted, and he said, this is a witch hunt. Yep. So, I mean, it's, you it's just, popular. You're hearing this, uh, this phrase. And you hear uh, pretty often in different political debates, you're either with us or against yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you remember, that's what George Bush said mm-hmm. when we were about to uh, attack after the 9-11. You're either with us. Or against us. And so, uh, you know, so much of, of that uh, resonates. And as I said, what's, I've been to Salem uh, in Massachusetts uh, where this took place. And I've actually seen, we talked about uh, cemeteries. I, one of the characters, because this play, even though it's fictionalized, all the characters' names in the Crucible really were involved in the Salem witch trials mm. and the witch hunts. They were hung um, and one of the actual people that's one of the judges in the uh, in the play, I saw his grave, hmm. which you know this takes place in 1692. Wow! And uh, and they're still there. So uh, yeah, it's a very intense play. It's uh, it's it's but it's very relevant, and uh, it makes us look at 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 uh, the theocracies which we are seeing in today's society as well, as well as hysteria and and people jumping uh, you know on a bandwagon. And, and people, I mean, you know, the blacklist in the 50s and 60s, especially in the 50s, I mean, um, it, it took place in, in Hollywood and in the arts mostly because a lot of, you know, uh, creative people are open-minded. And so they were looking, you know, they were looking at different ideologies at that time. And so and from McCarthy's standpoint, how can I get publicity for my cause Oh, I'm going to call Gary. I'm going to call Gary Cooper up on yeah, the stage. I'll call out famous people. You know, on that. so you'll see the comparisons. Yeah, when you see the show, uh, starting it's in previews now. We're in previews. It and opens. We opens on uh, Friday the 19th. And to get and more we, information, it's Invictus I N V I C T U S Theater with an R E. 
uh, company.com and then slash crucible take you right to the page and you even see a nice picture of the whole cast oh. and james toronto yeah click there. on it anyway though <laughs> i was so used to saying i'm dave Schwan in for don Kleppen yesterday <laughs> that it just slipped there so uh, yes i am dave Schwan on chicago's very own 720 wgn and wgn radio.com did you ever have a dog no, I didn't. And I wanted a dog when in the worst way when I was a kid, but I never had uh, never had one. Never Any had pet a, at all, Swan? A goldfish. No, Would you win that at a <laughs> at a carnival? carnival. <laughs> I think I may have got it at the school fun fair. Exactly. Or That's like exactly that. where yeah. you got those. He yeah. threw a ping pong ball right. into the bowl. <laughs> those things always live like a day. Yeah, the yeah. ones that you got from yeah. us. Yeah, they didn't yeah. last long. Did you have you ever had uh, pets? Oh yeah, we oh, I've had uh, we have a current we have we have cats. We had a cat. Oh. We had Thames the cat uh, who passed away about what almost eight years ago. And now we have uh, Grimsby the cat. That's right, because when we came to your house, right, to look at your collection of uh, junk that you've got in your house, <laughs> it's got a lot of Elton John memorabilia. Why does at, that not surprise as me? you might uh, expect? Yeah, uh, it's how I imagine Schwanny's house, just loaded with <laughs> Andy Griffith stuff, Andy Griffith and, and Superman. And, and oh, are you motors. a big Superman guy? I like, yeah, George, the George Reeves stuff. Oh, and of course the Stooges. But but uh, I believe you put the cat away. Well, we put her in a room, su- so you were super allergic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you 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 were allergic, right? Yeah, I so. yeah, still am. Yeah. Yeah. You could kill me if you brought your cat. <laughs> I'll rub her on my body before I come in here the next time. <laughs> no, see what happens. <laughs> Thanks for that visual image. <laughs> my doctor, you know, I did a allergy test. Uh, you know, they, where they like scratch your oh. scratch up your arm, yeah. and then they put different uh, right. th- stuff on it to see what you react to. Uh, super allergic to uh, cats, and super allergic to horse dander of all things. Oh, horse! Well, you're not around horses, though, are you? No. Well, then they. Oh, well, I stay away from horses. But uh, I was in Italy. I went on a little horse and buggy ride, and apparently, the person, uh, had, the blanket that they had inside the buggy oh. was also one that they used to put on the horse. Because <laughs> I got in the buggy, and suddenly I started having this reaction. What was the reaction? Literally, my throat was closing. It was closing. I Did thought I was going to. That's yeah. EpiPen thing. Well, I you know we're in the middle of uh, some little village right. in Italy, like trying to do charades at a pharmacy because <gasps> they didn't speak English. Oh my! To God. explain what was happening, and they gave me Benadryl. Could you feel it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to be it. Oh, my goodness. I thought that was going to be it. So then I did the test. That's why I did the test, to see if I was allergic to anything else. And the doctor said, well, you should carry an EpiPen because uh, a horse or a cat could kill you. Could kill you? <laughs> yeah. Did you have a dog when you were growing up? Yeah. Oh, you did? What was your dog's name? Lucy. Lucy. Yeah. What kind of dog? It was my last dog was Lucy. I've had many dogs. Uh, she was a white German Shepherd. Oh, wow. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. The Westminster uh, Kennel Club uh, was just down this week. Yeah. Um, they uh, Guinness Book of World Record twenty, yeah, just released yes. uh, what they believe to be the oldest dog ever, a Portuguese dog named Bobby, who they believe to be thirty one years old. Wow, that's really exceptional for i've never dog. heard of 200 years in animal in, in human life yeah right seven or is that horses uh no seven years for a dog oh, okay 
the dog is uh, living in a rural village in southern Portugal. Is he drinking or uh, eating yogurt like those Russians did in maybe, the 70s? Maybe. <laughs> those Danon commercials? It's a Portuguese... Uh, <laughs> yeah, por- port- Portuguese... Uh, does it say the breed? It doesn't say the breed. Uh, looks a little like a lab, but it's said to be 31 years old. Wow. Because dogs, what, about maybe 18, 19? Do they even That's that long? pushing it. Oh, is it? I think most I think most are in the 12 to 15-year range. Okay. Yeah, because cats usually go, cats can go to about, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 sometimes. Yeah. This dog should get together with that fat turtle on, <laughs> on the river. One of the few days that I miss uh, being over at uh, the Tribune Tower, uh, being at that old dump where we used to work. <laughs> Why you hated that place so much? Uh, I used to love that studio on the street. Seeing people strolling by on Mother's Day morning, you know, clearly out, yeah. uh, going to get some nice Sunday brunch. Or uh, Sunday go to meet in hats and everything. They would get all dressed up and they would yeah. come downtown and stroll the avenue. And uh, I do I do miss that. Uh, not so much when people would pull their pants down and stick it, uh, their butts on the window. That part I didn't. Which did happen. Ha- did happen. Yes, it did happen. Amazing uh, Regularity. frequency. Yes. That. Right. It's very strange. Um, but uh, happy Mother's Day to uh, all celebrating today. So what will Dean do on a Mother's Day since your mom passed away? Will you think about her? Will you cook something in her honor? I was going to, and then I thought I'm too lazy. Uh <laughs> It's my day off. Uh, you know what I did yesterday? I was uh, someplace, sh- you know, shopping. I like to go shop on Saturday morning. And uh, someplace had some beautiful potted calla lilies, which were my mother's favorite flowers. So I bought a big pot of uh, calla lilies. Oh, that's nice. And I've got them in my house right yeah. now to a uh, little... I, w- I would have normally given them to her. Right. Since she is also at my house. <laughs> Living as, with you now, as we discussed, <laughs> her her ashes are in my house uh, in the break front next to the china. I put <laughs> she's right, it's right next to the water pitcher in case you're looking for her. the crystal. The you're crystal break, breaking in my house, and you want to know where she is. Uh, uh, the uh, ca- the I got some nice calla lilies uh, right, right near her. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be nice. Uh, I wonder. Uh, you know, if I were to ask my mom, what do you want to do for Mother's Day? What I, what the tradition was, probably for like 20 years before she passed away, uh, we would go to the garden center and she would pick out what she wanted to put in the garden. She oh. had a beautiful yard, uh, but she couldn't physically, she couldn't uh, do all the planting and gardening anymore. So we would pick out what she wanted. She always wanted her tomato plants and cucumbers and, uh, you know, like that. Uh, we pick it all out, and then uh, I would plant her garden, and uh, she would make a nice lunch. Do you have a green thumb? I do. Do you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. In the do garden. you have Do you have a garden of, in your house? At your house? I do. I uh, wouldn't know. I've never been invited. Well, well let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think a little distance is probably, probably good. Um, but do you um, do you? Just plant. I mean, you you plant. Um, I have perennial things. So you have flowers as well as, flowers, as like vegetables. But I put. The, I I look forward to putting the vegetables in. But every, you have flowers too every year. I do have some, yeah. I have flowers and some bushes. 
I was working on my clematis uh, vines. There's a shot for that now. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think you might be thinking of something else. The uh, these you know beautiful mine are purple. They come in different colors, but these uh, clematis plants are ones that grow on vines. Ah, so they grow upward, and uh, I I have uh, trellises. And then I put some fishing wire above the trellises, oh. so these vines climb all the way up to the top of my garage. It's really quite beautiful. And it, when they're in a full full bloom, it's nothing but these beautiful purple flowers. So the so the fishing wire is strong enough to stand. Well, it, it doesn't go I, limp. No, I I have attached the fishing oh, to wire. the. To the top of the garage. Oh, to the top of the garage. From I the, see. From the trellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these clematis plants, uh, they'll it, it'll grab right onto the uh, fishing line and wrap itself yeah. around. It's amazing how the, and we it, have those in our yard too. Like we, the, my wife bought those those little those little trellises that yeah. are round. Yeah. And those things grow in a second. Right. They are attracted. It really is quite amazing. It's, um, it is how they uh, how they know. To where to go? Where to go? Yeah, but and they do so. Yeah, I have like you know perennial flowers like that in my yard. I've got uh, uh, what else do I have in there? I've got uh, a bunch of irises. I've got oh, just all kinds of things that come back every year. I'm not trying to create too much work for myself, right? Uh, but I really look forward to the f- fresh tomatoes, fresh cucumbers, green peppers. What I love. Uh, going outside, picking a nice fresh salad, and yeah. having a nice salad. So, do you actually? What can like, can you make? Do you grow lettuce? I don't grow uh, lettuce, but oh. I, I grow uh, spinach and Swiss chard. Oh, greens! Wow! So you can make uh, yeah. like a nice, nice spinach salad, nice spinach salad, or something like. Now, that. have you ever had vines on your house? I don't. Uh, I'm not a fan of that because I've heard that they dig themselves into the um, the mortar. Uh, and can tear up. Uh, yeah, because one year we, you know, we our next door neighbor does, and they let it grow quite a bit. So it must have like flipped over to us, and so suddenly on the side of our house, right next to our neighbor, they started to grow, and those things grow very quickly before right. you know it. And it's the other, and it's that side of the house that I don't drive. The drive is on the other side, so I rarely see that side. Right. So one day I look out, and the whole house it's is covered. Is covered. Yeah. And then I, we start hearing these birds. Well, because we have this little window on the second floor, they they built a nest oh, on the on the sill because they were covered by the by the vine the vine. So it was yeah. perfect for them. So finally, the, the the nest leaves, and I'm like, well, I'm going to take these vines on because, like you said, I, I heard it can take damage. Well, I'm assuming that these vines are like the ones at Wrigley Field. You know, like wow, you know, there. This is I got these big clippers, and I got this. This ladder, because I'm going to have to really cut these vines down. I touched one; they're just on by suction. No, I grabbed one by by accident. The whole house, I was I was covered in vines. No. They all fell down in two right. seconds and attached themselves to you. I <laughs> thought that they were like you know embedded on the house. I would have to cut these things. Yeah. I just touched one leaf. And the whole thing came That's tumbling amazing. down. It's amazing. These little suction cups it's a, kept them. It's amazing. I couldn't believe that. Well, these clematis plants that I have, though, there are little spirally tentacles, I guess you might say. Right. That they grow that grab onto the trellis or the uh, the fishing line that I've put up. Yeah. Uh, they grab onto it, and that's uh, how they grow. But I've had uh, morning glories 
Those are ones that also grow on fences and things yeah. like that. I put, the, I foolishly put them in one year. <laughs> they grew like out of control. It's unbelievable. Like, sorry, let me. You're about to get the haircut of your life. I know. I cut them all down. I got, I got rid of them. Yeah, it's amazing though how fast it is. Well, even this year, we one one day I was looking, the hostas weren't there. I didn't look for two days. Boom. Completely filled in. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, whoa! whoa, whoa. I'd yeah. love to have a camera. Yeah, hostas are another. I, I have a few hostas, but those I control. I mean, I, I have to dig them out every year and separate them every year. Yeah, because they get uh, too out of control. Uh, Twelve twenty-one here on your gardening station. Botany hour. <laughs> <laughs> Green thumb radio, as we like to call it. Uh, coming up, my interview with Michael J. Fox. And how you can bid on some uh, special experiences with uh, some broadcast uh, Chicago and national uh, broadcast experiences. Let's put it that way. That's all coming up next. 24, Dean Richards' Mother's Day show. We'll get into some Mother's Day recipes, favorite things that your mom made. Be thinking about that. And also my one-on-one interview with Michael J. Fox, uh, which we will also feature, by the way, tomorrow on the WGN uh, TV Morning News. Uh, so you'll be able to actually see uh, what kind of physical condition Michael J. Fox is in right now and to see his tremors. Sounds weird to say that, uh, but just so you better understand the uh, disease, uh, that'll be tomorrow morning on uh, WGN Television. So uh, there's a big auction that's going on for the Museum of Broadcast Communication. They're in a period of transition right now. Uh, You know, they had uh, several locations, uh, the River City in the south. I remember when the first, I went there, when it first was there, it was like in a condo building. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, They they were over at the the old Chicago Public Library building, the Cultural Cultural Center, Center. uh, which was a fantastic spot. Uh, And then they moved to their own location, at uh, I believe 360 North State Street, they just sold the building there. I didn't know that they sold it. So uh, they're looking for a new location oh. right now. Uh, I don't really understand. Uh, you know, I, I don't know all the details, so I'm not going to speculate why they sold or what what's happened there. But that location is no longer the Museum of Broadcast uh, Communications, but. Uh, the uh, museum itself is continuing to function, uh, and they are doing this, uh, what they're calling the 40 for 40 live auction. They put 40 different experiences, broadcast experiences, uh, on their website that you can bid on, and uh, there's there's some pretty cool things here. I was just wondering, like, at the museum itself, like, the jacket that you wore when you taped Gar... Bozo, Bozo. Ray. Yeah. Is that in there? It should be. Shouldn't it be? It should be. Yeah. Uh, the jacket that I wore, uh, I do. I did donate the <laughs> socks that I was wearing right. that day. But the jacket, I think, you should, you know, you could, they could have a mannequin with a like bald head. I'm, I'm gonna, maybe your glasses, maybe a pair of your glasses. Uh, I'll just tell you a little story. The jacket that I was wearing, to Bozo and Ray, is the same jacket that I wore when they made me a blue man. Oh, really? 
<laughs> if you've ever seen that. The Blue uh, Man we, Group? We have that on the TV website where they turned me into a blue man. <laughs> and I had blue junk <laughs> all, all over that suit that I was wearing that day. There but, you go. So it's extra. So fortunately it came out. But there were many broadcast experiences just from that suit. Right. Uh, so, yeah. You, you belong. You're right. It should be in the it museum. Should be. I mean, that show is the longest locally produced. That show itself now is becoming almost as long on the air as Bozo was. <laughs> <laughs> that's not far from it's true. nearing its 30th well, Bo- anniversary Bozo was on for 40 years yeah and your show's been it's at least for 20 12 no it's been like about 12 or 13 it feels like 20 it's, it's, that's, that's the truth you'd think you'd learn the name of it by now uh anywho the uh all of the stuff that was on display there all they did have oh Bo- bozo's costume Ray they had all of Cuddly Bo- dj Dudley, and dirty dragons puppets puppets oh. garfield goose puppets all that's in storage right now and oh, i'm sure they'll find a new location soon and uh, uh it'll all be uh, back on display but in the meantime this auction is kind of cool uh one of the auction items is lunch with henry winkler what with the fonds in la in la lunch with henry winkler in la or new york oh wow the current bid on it is thirty seven hundred fifty dollars you know have you so seen you- him in barry Yes, he's amazing. He's excellent in this. He's amazing. In yeah. That. Yeah, don't 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 uh write him off as just the Fonz. No, I wouldn't even say Fonz anymore. He's uh he's quite the actor. He yeah. really is quite the actor. Uh so that's one of the items <clears throat> that you can go. I have to get to LA and New York though, right? Uh, I I I, I don't know the details of it. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's still a cool thing. No kidding. Uh, two tickets to a live taping of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Oh. Now they are on strike they're on has hiatus. shut that down yeah. right now. Oops. But I imagine once they're back up and running again. Uh, John Oliver's show. Oh. Um, two tickets to a live taping of Kelly and Mark. Uh, here's, here's one you want to bet on. A private behind-the-scenes tour of the WGN studios where you can watch the WGN morning news live in studio. That means you. That means me. Wow. So yep. you are actually a auction item. Sort of. Well, with, quasi. Yeah, with the rest of the You morning. are adjacent. With the with the rest of the <laughs> You're an auction adjacent. Yeah. Now, the current bid on this is $1300. Wow. Uh if you're if you're bidding uh, over $3000 for uh Henry Winkler you could cough up a little more for the morning show. Right. Come show, on. Let's show go. some local love. Right. Look at that, that, look at that star power. I'll t- I will personally walk you around <gasps> and show you... Uh, you where know, you filmed Bose, where, Gar. Where what? some of the dirt happens around the building. <laughs> I mean, most of the tours, they show you, here's Studio One where right. we did Bozo. Yeah. Here's Studio Two where we do the news. Here's News Nation. Here's this or that. I'll show you where some of the really dirty, down and dirty stuff uh, goes on. Uh, behind the scenes but you gotta you gotta put a bid in yeah come on and the money goes to the museum uh but you can go to museum.tv that's probably the easiest way to find the website if you go to museum.tv you can uh you know you can find uh there's a link and you can now where's your dinner with dean well they (laughs) apparently nobody wanted dinner with Apparently, people have heard my what my table manners are like. <laughs> oh, it's too bad. Yeah, what would you what would you want for that? <laughs> well, personally, I think I should pay somebody. <laughs> I think that's how it should. People are paying not to go with you. 
People should people should uh, cough up some money for the museum not to have dinner with me. That that would make that would make more sense. I'll be here at at seven o'clock on Saturday. If you don't come, right, you right. give money. If, right. Uh, you can also bid, by the way, on uh, to to do the same thing with the WGN evening news. With uh, Ray Cordopassi and Micah Matera. Micah's back. Tom Tom Skilling. He's got about a chance to meet Tom Skilling. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Hey, Micah. <laughs> Micah's back. It's been a while. She is. Yeah. She is. She's. It was, you know, she had back surgery, so she was out for medical reasons. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool things on here. Take a look. Museum.tv. We continue now. Twelve thirty seven. Uh, we present to you one of our A-list interviews, and uh, I was uh, delighted uh, when I uh, got a call from uh, Apple TV uh, that I want to interview Michael J. Fox. Uh, he's doing very limited interviews for, for local stations, very, very few, and uh, WGN was one of the stations that uh, they chose to uh, offer an opportunity to talk with this Emmy Award-winning actor uh, who we probably got to know best from the TV show uh, Family Ties, but went on to great movie success uh, with films like Back to the Future and uh, so many others when he was, at the age of 29, diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Of course, I'm talking about Michael J. Fox. And uh, there's a new documentary that uh, just came out on Friday, on Apple TV Plus, but it's also showing at the Gene Siskel Film Center downtown, if you prefer to see it on a big screen, that uh, this documentary is about 90 minutes long and, uh, you know, talks about his career and his life. Uh, the film takes you through uh, the highs of his uh, career and then what happened to him. Uh, almost 25 years ago, 25, 27 years ago, uh, when he got the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, how he dealt with it as he continued to try to work and hide the disease. And uh, now that the disease is uh, progressing, he's just decided uh, to tell the story and uh, to you know hold really hold nothing back that's really what this documentary does it's a story about uh, courage and honesty really uh and he, he does it with a, a you know a, some amount of humor to it uh he's not throwing pity parties for himself he's uh dealing with what uh comes along he and his wife Tracy uh and his family uh in dealing with all of this so I did a Zoom uh, interview with him, and uh, the first thing that I asked him was uh, about being so public with something which is so personal. Why you decided to go uh, so public with something that it would just be easy to, uh, you know, to, to live with whatever you have to live and not have to deal with all the public attention to it? This is a common misreading of it. Really smart people that still don't get that. But I had no choice. I had no choice to. to I kept the secret for seven years, and it was literally like steam ripping at the seams. It was just I, I stuffed that bag with so much deception, it just exploded. Cause I couldn't keep it. I couldn't. I was doing Spin City, and I was my whole life. I was trying to keep my left hand still. 
So it, it, it became just very difficult. And then I also had uh, tabloid people that were meet me at the doors. I came out to go to work in the morning and scream like, what about the Parkinson's? Like I'd run over their baby with a truck or something. I don't know how it related to their lives. But they were really angry that I hadn't shared my diagnosis. And, and I didn't want to reward them, but I had to find some way to, to live with it and move forward and have a life. And, and, and then a remarkable thing happened. I, said, I reached out to Parkinson's organizations. Because there was a lot of already a lot of kind of stuff out there, and I wasn't completely satisfied that there was any purely goal-related uh, foundation or organization. I mean, they were really terrific, and they had projects and raised money on a on a prodigious basis. Some of them, but um, so I thought about it a lot, and I thought, "Well, I'm going to leave the show, and I'm going to create this foundation," and um, it, it just it, it, that. That is such a privilege that there's nothing, there's no other, there's nothing else to do but that. Uh, Michael J. Fox talking about why he decided to uh, go public with this information to make a movie about it. Really, uh, he says, really, there is nothing else to do with it. It's a little bit difficult to understand uh, what he's saying. I, th- I think you can pretty much uh, make out uh, what he's talking about. His physical tremors were pretty pronounced. You'll you'll see that when we uh, show some snippets of this interview tomorrow on uh, WGN TV morning news. So at times his his tremors. I mean his body is completely shaking. So so is his voice, uh, which you know you, you I, I'm as I say I think you can kind of hear through that though and hear the essence of what he is uh, saying. One of the most beautiful parts of this interview. Uh, is when I asked him about uh, memorable moments in his life. Uh, what what did he cherish uh, the most? Are there certain cherished moments with all of the highs that he's experienced in his life? Uh, what he said was, what he said, what was his most cherished moments uh, is very sweet. When you look back, are there projects, uh, moments that you look back on as, you know, being ones that are, are most meaningful to you. I don't know anybody that doesn't get a big smile on their face when you start talking about Back to the Future at all. Well, Back to the Future is a real gift. It was a sweet, great experience, and, and I just I was so hungry for it. And I was so so enjoyed, I was so full of joy with the acting that that um that, that it's just it was a great blessing. So that, that would be the, the, the big thing. The other little moments, we talk about moments, there's a great thing in the film where um, the the, the, uh, the uh, editor Michael Hart, who's amazing, so gifted, and he and he uh, cut together the scene against it. Now, if people don't know, the movie uses clips from uh, the, my career to, to form a narrative of my life. That's really smart the way they do it. And um, uh, so there's a scene where Tracy's character and I from Bright Lights Big City are walking through. Walking through the um, the streets of uh, the village, and um, and it was shot by Gordon Willis. So, you know, it's going to be good, it look good. And and um, and while we're doing the scene, I realized I'm falling in love with it. Right in that scene, that's on TV. That's on, it was on TV. It wasn't in, in the movie. And and, and I was so, so blown away with that. That moment, I'm falling in love with my wife. 
And there it is. That's one of the sweetest things I think I've ever heard. <laughs> he said at, he realized yeah. at that moment, I'm fa- talking about Tracy Poland, his uh, now wife of many decades. Uh, but at the time, she had played his love interest on Family Ties and then starred in this movie, Bright Lights, Big City. And they're doing a scene in the village in New York. And he gets the realization, I'm falling in love with this woman. I'm falling in love uh, with who will be uh, my wife. That That is just one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Uh, and uh, we will have much more with Michael J. Fox uh, uh, tomorrow morning on WGN-TV uh, Morning News. Let's take a quick break. I, w- I want to talk about, don't we think on Mother's Day when we think about our moms, uh, certain foods that 100% bring back mom memories? Is there a dish that your mom made that uh, 100% brings back those memories. I'll tell you what mine is if you tell me what yours is. Coming up next, hopefully you'll do something nice for your mom. And I don't mean you do something for your mom that she has to clean up uh, later on. I made something on TV the other day that's easy for dads or kids to make. Super easy to make, super easy to clean up for you to clean up, guys. Hmm. Uh, not for your mom. She gets the full day off today. Uh, the, she just wants to be with, you know, mothers will, will tell you this. My mom used to say this. I just want to be with the family. That's all. That's really all I want. Uh, and we would have like a nice, usually we would have like a nice uh, cookout and all the boys would cook and all the moms, you know, got to relax and just have a, a nice day. Um, but what I'm looking for are uh, foods that are, just quintessentially you think of your mom you think of this dish and uh i've i've told this story many times uh, on the air about how my mom uh in the last couple of years before she passed uh we were talking about foods and she said to me one time did you not realize how many things i would cook with just ground beef because that's all we could afford and she would say do you not know how poor we were growing up i was the original hamburger helper she would make hamburger with noodles and hamburger with rice and hamburger with vegetables and i started thinking about it it's like you did make ground beef a lot with all the time but that's not i mean i do think of that when i if i'll make something like that now right i'll think of this is something my mom would have made but what i think about is the greek lasagna pastizza oh, i love that. that's a spectacular dish to make and yeah. nobody made it better than her and my grandmother uh i do i have their recipe that i've posted online if anybody wants to give it a shot the recipe's out there at wgntv.com slash dean cooks uh, because I made it on TV once. Uh, actually, yeah, there's a video of me making it with my mom once. Ever now, seen. did it take, when you make it by on your own, either in your personal life too, regardless of whether on TV, does it, even though you have a recipe, it probably doesn't taste exactly the same, right? I think it's pretty close. Oh, is it I, close? Because a lot of times, you know, it's like somebody has the recipe, but it's not quite like it's mom not. Made it. Yeah, they, no, they, they, the way they grab, you know, it's like take a fistful of this. I, I, I'm glad that I made it with her. We right. have, we have this on video. We we put it on TV once, of in my my own kitchen. Me, she telling me how to make it and what to do and smacking my hand with the spoon <laughs> if I wasn't doing it just right. But I'm glad I did it with her Yeah, because that makes a big difference. And I urge all of you, 
uh, spend time talking to your moms on camera, on your iPhones, telling stories, sharing recipes. Uh, that will mean so much to you someday. I did an interview with to my have mom all those things before the cell phone. Yeah, I had a camcorder, and I, I did that with that knowing him, not yeah. to be morbid, but I was like, you know what? Someday I'm going to want this, right? And, and it, I and it makes it. a big difference. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's someday it's going to be, uh, you know, very meaningful. I purposely today, you know, a lot of people have said, are you going to play your mom's recipe for yogurt uh, today? <laughs> and then uh, I just, I just, I. I think it's a little too soon for yeah. for me personally. I think it's to hear her voice. Yeah, I don't honestly. I think I would break down a little bit to hear yeah. her voice. It's only been so, about two years. So I, I'm taking years. a pass on it this year. We'll give yeah. it a little rest for a little while. Uh, but uh, I'm so glad that I have some recordings, and especially that we cooked together and that we made this dish, uh, pastizzo, the Greek lasagna, uh, mm. together. What about your mom? Well, my joke always was um, if Swanson didn't make it, we didn't need it. Because my mom was not a cook at all, but I must have to say, and I was kind of a joke. But she, um, but one thing I, when I was growing up as a little kid, she, I loved hamburgers, and she would make me hamburgers in all different shapes instead of just round. She's like, you know, this is getting too boring. So she would make me rectangles and circ and 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 triangles. She was teaching you geometry, yeah, and I did horrible uh, in geometry, yeah. But uh, no, but so she was like, you know, enough. She goes, isn't this boring to keep eating these round hamburgers? So that's my. If I had to have one memory, oh. is my is the triangular hamburgers that, and squares, yeah. and then you know Wendy's makes square hamburgers, right? Right. You know, right. But well, and yeah. it, it uh, follows the ground beef theme that exactly. I, that, Once again, that I was talking yeah. about. Here's uh, eight four seven. We had ground beef dishes all the time. <laughs> now, wasn't ground was wasn't that expensive or no? I don't. I don't. Think I mean, because isn't beef expensive. isn't meat expensive or no? Yeah, but I think you can. Uh, you know, she she found a way to take a pound of ground right beef and make it into yeah, stretch the turn soup. it into a giant pot of yeah. something or other. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's somebody saying that. Uh, let's see here. Homemade matzo balls. Oh, nice. Uh, homemade chicken soup, chicken in the oven, homemade mashed potatoes, are the things that uh, remind me of my mom. Uh, the, yeah, that'll bring back a, a thousand memories here. Well, here's a great one. Uh, what reminds me of my mom says the eight one five area code Polish cabbage rolls. Oh, Gwumki, Gwumki. I love Gwumki. Oh. I, ma- I made uh, cabbage rolls for the first time in my life about a month or so ago. Mm. I, they were delicious, but it took all day. Did it really? I don't know why. How my, my mom worked full time. Also. I don't know how my mom worked. It's that hard? Raised four boys and had time to do all this cooking because the cabbage rolls took forever, at least for me. Really? Maybe, I'm sure, like, you know, for experience. Yeah, the tomato sauce with it, the rice the and the meat. Tomato sauce and yeah. the rice and meat. They were yeah, delicious. They were great. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I won't be doing this for another <laughs> 20 years. Uh, here's somebody saying braised oxtails with pineapples. Ooh. Wow. Wow. That's, that's exotic. That sounds really good. I like. I love anything that's got pineapples in it. I'm a big fan. Uh, let's see, tuna noodle casserole. Yeah, that was uh, pretty famous. Here's my mom made tuna noodle casserole with crumbled barbecued potato chips. Oh wow! On top. Interesting. Interesting. These are uh, you know some very interesting recipes from that. 
from that time. Uh, oh, the casserole. I mean, God, everybody made casseroles. Yeah. Uh, well, that you, was the thing. You crumble some barbecue potato chips. And anything. On anything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you could crumble some into my mouth right now. I'll, I'll just eat them by myself. Uh, 224 area code. My mom made many great dishes, but some favorites were homemade cheese ravioli. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, God. yeah. Roast beef with mashed potatoes. Yeah. We had roast we had roast beef like every like fancy occasions. Yeah. We had like a little rotisserie in the kitchen. Oh. And she put that roast beef in there and just let it go and I the house smelled so good. Roast beef with mashed potatoes and gravy and apple slices. Ooh, apple slices are good. No matter how hard I try, I cannot make roast beef that is as tender and delicious as hers. <laughs> now my grandmother, I don't want to slight my grandmother. Her mom? My mom's mom, uh, you know, she was also a really good cook. My mom really learned to cook from her. from her. But my grandmother openly admitted to me at one time that she purposely gave out wrong recipes to people so other people's oh, versions wouldn't be. wouldn't be as good as hers. Well, there's a Raymond episode with that. With that, yeah, Marie she wa- Marone. Yeah, she wants to make the meat. She wants to show. Uh, Bergeron, was the, it no, Bergeron? no, no, it was the meatballs. Meatballs. And uh, she, gave, uh, she gave her the wrong uh, spice. Yeah. Well, she put a fake label. She put a fake label on yeah. the on the thing, so she would put the wrong spice yeah. in it, so they wouldn't taste good. Well, my my grandmother uh, did that. <laughs> oh my <laughs> decades God. before. So when, that's where you get it. it would purpose your little edge, <laughs> that Dean Richards edge. I wondered where you got that from. Well, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> that's that's your grand that's your grandmother talking. <laughs> Don't make me slap you with the back of my hand. <laughs> 815 area code. My mom made the best goulash and German potato Ooh, salad ever. Goulash. Wow, does goulash that sound is good. I've had that in Germany. That's good. Uh, 847 area code. Every time I make noodle kugel, I think of my mom's. Of course, hers were always better. Of course, mom's was always better. <laughs> uh, someone here at 630 area code says, ground beef back in the day was three pounds for a dollar. Oh, no wonder why you had green ground beef so much yeah. then. Wow. So, uh, the, this one says, I make cabbage rolls uh, without without making rolls. I make the meatballs and cut the cabbage into the sauce. Oh, that's a oh, fantastic idea. So this way you don't have to worry about... That was the hardest part, part for me. Right, is, is, is boiling the... Is, is getting the cabbage Getting the cabbage and then rolling it like, right. a, like a little cigar. She takes that out of or there. Or for all of the potheads that we have listening... <laughs> I know we have quite a few uh, listening to the show, uh, rolling them like what I've heard is a marijuana cigarette that you crazy kids out there call a joint. Uh, it's ro- rolling the cabbage. But I like this idea. You make them into the meatballs and cut some cabbage in. You don't have to go through that whole rolling That's process. That's what I'm going to do from now on. 